Hello, sports fans. This is Sellout Sports. I am Tori Rich, joined by Mike Mawson. We are in beautiful downtown Bennington with uh, some sound effects behind us. And uh, we've got a great show, as always. We got Sunday Night Football, the Cowboys getting throttled. We've got a crazy ending in the uh, in Miami football, but it's not all bad in Miami because uh, things are still rolling for the Dolphins. Uh, we've got quarterback power rankings, our, our first ever quarterback power rankings because it's all about quarterbacks, right? I'm actually going to have kind of have a point about that it's not all about quarterbacks based on that, though. And um, tomorrow, it turns out, is my me anniversary. I don't know if anybody celebrates those, but I do. So, um, yeah. Awesome. That's a <laughs> and, uh, and we have a theme song. Mike, hit it. Hit the music. All right. Before we get into it, let's uh, give credit as due. Uh, there's there's uh, all kinds of there's a whole world of of royalty free music out there. So I found that on Pixabay, but and it, it says it's encouraged to give credit. So I'm gonna do that. People deserve credit for their work. All right. So that one is called "Noisy Neighbors" from from an Alex Grohl. So if you're out there, sir, one day I'll probably tag him or something, you know. But very, very a, fitting with uh, the the name. Yeah, considered. I don't know if we are the noisy neighbors, but we we also have noisy neighbors. So um, yeah, so it was just a it definitely a fitting title. It just makes me want to talk about sports. Yeah. Know? Oh yeah. I mean, I, I felt like that brought the energy. Like I needed it. Yeah. Th that was my five hour energy for tonight. Let's see if I mean let's let's see if it lasts five hours, right? Maybe it was if the off brand. We'll, we'll just play it right in the middle. Yeah. Okay. What's the What's the off brand one that we always get from Stewart's? Yeah, like, or yeah. I know uh, what you're talking about. I, I couldn't I, I couldn't I, pin a name on I it. I can't remember that the name as either. as you shouldn't for an off brand thing. That's like, why it's off brand. The five hour energies are the good stuff because yeah. that's always like behind the cashier. Yeah. And then it's, it's something shot in, in troubled it's, neighborhoods. It's probably even locked up. You know. Like <laughs> 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 I mean, caffeine caffeine's a hell of a drug. You know. All right. Let's get into it. So. Cowboys and 49ers. Uh, this game was over in the first half, if you ask me. And um, I mean, 21 to 7. And actually, the Cowboys cut it to 21 to 10. So no, the game wasn't really over. But what I'm saying is, if you're if you're down two touchdowns to the 49ers, I think it's I think it's pretty much over. It, it, if this team stays healthy and it's, is it's probably it's probably over when you're have Dak Prescott at at quarterback, right? Like there's. There's maybe a couple teams that might be able to fight back, but this Cowboys team isn't isn't one of them. And well, you know, there's been a lot of hate for Dak, and I'm telling you, it, we're going to get into it with the quarterback power rankings again, right? Like we we have quarterback power rankings coming up, and we'll you'll see where Dak falls. But the thing is, is I think he's just one of those guys where it, you can't ask too much of him. I think he's a good quarterback, and he's been good. This season, he's thrown one interception in the red zone. We talked about it. He shouldn't have forced it, but it wasn't as bad as everyone made right. it either. Um, I don't think Dak's a bad quarterback, and I think this I think this was more about how good the 49ers are than how bad the Cowboys are because I don't think the Cowboys are bad. Have I the, don't either. Have the Cowboys beaten up on bad teams? Their three wins are 
the, it's the Patriots, the Jets, and the Giants. And so they're they're a weird team to figure out because they've also lost to a bad team in the Cardinals. So yeah. it's well, I mean, you know, and maybe the Cardinals are a little bit better than we think too. But just like I said after the Cardinals game. These guys have problems stopping the run. It's not going to pop out on you on the stat sheet, the 49ers rushing totals, but I'm telling you it impacted the game, especially that, like I said, the story of this game is in the first half. And the 49ers, like, they didn't break off a lot of big runs. I don't even um, – maybe one big run from Debo Samuel, Samuel actually. Um, McCaffrey was, like, was, was just four yards a pop, though, but that influences the linebackers, and this team just – isn't really built to stop the run. And then you right. really saw that later on in the game when they were when they were worn down. I think the time of possession was heavily in favor of the 49ers, and so the defense was just tired at that point. But, um, yeah, four yards a pop. It sucks the linebackers up. And so, right, or, you know, right away, we, we, you and I will be very quick to brag about all the things that we got right, right? So let me say this. Let me, let me say I owe Brock Purdy a little bit of an apology. He is not a game manager. I called him a game manager. He is not. I don't. Can we can we get into what a game manager is real quick? I've had some people ask me like what our thoughts are on on what a game manager is. So what's Tory's like description of a game manager at quarterback? Um, yeah, game manager slash caretaker. Don't turn the ball over. Don't lose the game. Yeah. So basically, I'm not going to ask you if if i'm coaching i'm not going to ask you to win the game at quarterback which is like this is very broad right but basically yeah i'm not asking for big throws i'm not asking for putting it in a tight window tight windows when they know you're throwing third and 15 or or two minute drill or things like that like a game manager that's not what you ask of a game manager you're trying to not get behind schedule obviously everyone's trying not to get behind schedule on the downs but but if, you're screwed. If, but you're screwed you with a game, game manager. If you have yeah. a game manager at quarterback and it's and you're in second and nine constantly, it's not going to work out. Like who's uh, like and right now who's like the classic well, game it w- manager? It I was guess like it was like Desmond Ritter until this week. So you know it's it's kind of <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of fluid, right? Like I, I mean like I think you know that was a Ryan Tannehill one at different stages of his career. Um, I mean, Garoppolo for the 49ers right. was a right. you know was a game manager, and th- and that's actually kind of part of the measuring stick for me. Is Purdy is a lot better with this 49ers team than Garoppolo was? And yeah. So let's uh, get back into Purdy. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, so when it comes to Purdy, the the talent around him and and Kyle Shanahan making things easier on him is true, but he's executing it, and he is very accurate. He's v- and and um. And his anticipation, seeing you know, just seeing things before they happen, as as good quarterbacks have to, like he's he's not an elite arm strength guy, and so he's just he's not going to be able to make some of those throws that Mahomes can. I think he still has some issues, you know, like you know, like rolling out to his left. That was the book on him, you know, in his only literally his only loss with the 49ers against the Eagles. It's like make him roll to his left, and that proved to be an issue for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, this he he's. You know, I was wrong. He's he's better than a game manager. Yes, the, like the talent is around him, but again, if you put even if you put Dak in this offense, is I don't it, think it's as efficient as it I is. I don't think it's as efficient, and I think that I think it's just one of those things where it's a perfect fit. And I, I and you know what I really want to do again, copycat league, right? You can 
it's really easy to find those guys that are super athletic. You know, it's not easy to find guys that are super athletic and can process NFL offenses, but it's easy to find that hyper athletic guy at the quarterback position. Like you just go to the combine and, and like, yeah, can he make all the Anthony Richardson? Right? <laughs> Looking at you, Anthony Richardson, yeah. you took the words right out of my mouth. Like, can he make all the throws, you know, arm strength wise, you know, but like, but processing wise. Right. So like, I want to go back to Brock Purdy's Iowa state film and be like, was there something there or is it, or is it a Kyle Shanahan thing? And is it just like a, because he's a choker, you know, like, I mean, Kyle Shannon has choked so many games in his career at, diff- at his different stops, but, like, can the 49ers just be so good that they can be up two touchdowns late in the game and it's not going to matter? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, like, if that's the case for the 49ers, which I think we just saw is possible, like... Th- that's what, that is one of the better defenses in the league, like... I think I think I think it might be the best defense yeah. because they're so physical and they wear you down. Uh, and again, I come back to I I don't put as much of the blame for this on Dak on Dak because only one of his interceptions really mattered. Like like once the game was out of hand, like yeah, they're forcing it. And sure, is there a way to make it look a little bit better? Yeah, but Dak was trying to win and he's pushing the ball downfield. And I just I don't really put the last two interceptions. You know, on, I, they don't carry as much weight. You know what sure. I mean? So he made one bad turnover is the way I look at it. Though I mean the real killer turnover was was Pollard's fumble, which is really just a great play by Warner who is the best linebacker in the NFL. Maybe I mean you know linebackers can't impact the game quite as much as pass rushers can, but like he's he's up there for best defender in the NFL. Man. He he stuffed the stat sheet last night. He had a sack, he had an interception, he had a forced fumble. He you, was all over the you place. You want to talk about stuffing a stat sheet? Bobby Wagner's on pace for over 200 total tackles this year. That's wild. How crazy! I didn't know that one. Yeah, I mean, you just got to be on the field a lot for that to happen. (laughs) That's like, uh, that's like. I mean, London. But he's he's in his what twelfth, thirteenth year in the league. Like he's he's been around the still still doing it. Yeah, Um, that's like London Fletcher though, right? Like a guy like, and he was a great football player. Don't get me wrong, but but he was always on bad teams. So so he just racked up the tackles, and he deserves all the credit in the world for all those tackles and for being durable. but yeah, like kind of a similar situation, you know. I mean, the Seahawks are better, you know what I mean. No, like, I get. But they're you. on the I field a lot, clearly. Yeah. If he's getting, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if he's on pace for two hundred tackles. Um, let's see. So, yeah, I, I. That being said, I think that Shanahan does a good job putting Purdy in good situations too, and you know? so I think that, like for instance, um, up seven to nothing. The 49ers have a third and 15 obvious passing situation. And so the way I look at it is if you're probably Sean McDermott because it's, you know, it's Josh Allen, you know, but Andy Reid is going to tell Patrick Mahomes, nope, go get the first down. Yeah, I mean, so they were in field, long field goal range. Like the, it was about the 35-yard line, I mm-hmm. think. And instead, they handed off to McCaffrey, who lost five yards, like bo- like uh, Lawrence and and Parsons just converged on him, loss of five. And I thought to myself, I was like, you know, does that say something about what Shanahan thinks in that third and 15 type of situation? You know what like I mean? Like, does he not trust Purdy? Yeah, because yeah. the game's still in question at that point. And you, and, you, and you obviously want another touchdown, right? Right. Or you could just trust Purdy to get you seven yards through the air. Right. Right. Middle of the field's probably going to be open. They're probably going to be playing. Now, don't covers. get me wrong. In that situation, as a coach, I like draw play there. I don't I don't like it was just horribly executed that that particular play. Yeah, I mean, a draw to Christian McCaffrey is never a bad plan. 
you know. You know, to, well, yeah, on, gonna, on, on third and 15, get you five yards, get you You're never going to go broke on that, yeah. Um, and it, yeah, and it didn't pan out, but it just made me wonder, you know, does that say a little bit about what he thinks of at least Purdy's arm strength? Because you, you're going to need arm strength on a third and 15 throw, right? Um, on a team that does force turnovers like the Cowboys. So um, just something to keep an eye on, I guess. <clears throat> but how often do the 49ers end up behind schedule? Not very often, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's um, easier said than done, right? Yeah, to get to get them that way, right? Because the Cowboys can't do it, which they've, you know, they've one had of the better defenses in the league. Yeah, and so um, I don't want to, I don't want to look too much into it. You know, it's it's one play, is just like, but it was like at the time I was like, oh, that's a big play, it knocked him out of field goal range, right? And uh, turned out to not be the case. <laughs> <laughs> like it didn't really matter at all. But um, anyway, just you know, going into the rest of the game. Uh, there were a couple of big penalties that hurt the Cowboys as well, and again, that that contributed to falling down twenty-one to seven. There was a a deserved uh, defenseless receiver hit on McCaffrey by um, Donovan Wilson of the Cowboys, and and they called it on the wrong guy. They called they called it on Curse, um, or they called one of them on Curse. One of them was stupid. The personal foul for uh, for taunting or whatever. Like I'm I'm so tired of those. Whatever. But the but the uh, the hit over the middle was warranted. Gave uh, gave the 49ers a first down on the third and four, um, and offsides on J. Ron Curse, which they're so inconsistent calling this. So he was lined up in the slot against Kittle, and I think this happened before that personal foul. But yeah, he was lined up in the slot against Kittle, and he was like ridiculously over the ball. But there's but they're so inconsistent calling it. You could I feel like you could call it on half of NFL plays, and I don't get it when there's two side judges looking right down the line of scrimmage. Like, how do you miss this? I don't understand how they miss motion penalties. I don't understand how they miss, like, illegal formations, a judgment call, but obviously, like, we've beaten that to death. I know, Jawan Taylor, you suck. But, <laughs> uh, uh, but um, yeah, so anyway, J. Ron Curse was, like, inc- like it was it was horrible. It, like, he was, like, practically in the backfield. Um, <laughs> he, was, he was at Jawan Taylor depth as a defender. Um, it was pretty bad. Oh, what do you got? The, oh, the did Raiders- he doink it? The Raiders decided to kick a 52-yard field goal on fourth and one, coming out of the two-minute warning, up four. You're is up. It, you're up, Jordan Love. One fifty-six to go. Yeah. Uh, if anything he's shown tonight, this is this is going to be a Raiders victory. But <laughs> who knows? Um, this interesting is call. I, I probably would have gone for it there. You're at the 30. Your own 34. You chance to steal the game. Josh McDaniels has put himself in a lot of these weird situations where. Uh, well, that was that is that who's the kicker? Is, that is it Carlson? Still? Carlson, Daniel I mean, Carlson. It he is has Daniel been Carlson. he has been really good. No, he he but is fifty two yards kicker. is no. Yeah, it's not a it's not a done deal. That's true. Tough call, tough call it on is that tough one. Call. It is a tough call. I mean, in a seventeen to thirteen game, like you take points, right? Like you like yeah. Then you probably do. And Jordan loves on the other side but, and hasn't. But now great. they're but now they're on the other side of the fifty. So <laughs> the, so the yeah. Uh, yeah, so the so the Packers are going to win. That's that's what's going to happen. But let's, anyway, moving on. Yeah, we'll get uh, back to pick, back to the games that have already been decided. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, and like I said, I think the second half tells you uh, doesn't tell you nearly as much. I I didn't really I didn't like the play calling so much from McCarthy. Like I, like I was going to stab myself in the eye if uh, if he said Texas Coast offense one more time. Um, but yeah, it, it was a lot of quick throws, and the Forty ers were tackling. And so it was like at some point, like it was like all right, push the ball down the field or or establish running game, and and the running game was going to Pollard just wasn't getting it done, um, and the and that 
Cowboys line, which is still supposed to be, you know, one of the best in the league, also wasn't getting it done. But again, I think this speaks to how good the 49ers yeah. are. You got you got Hargrave and Armstead in the middle. You got Bosa. They just added uh, Randy Gregory. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, I think Randy Gregory's a turd, but in the right situation, right? We're like doing the only thing he actually wants to do, which is rush the passer. Play, okay. Play 24 snaps a game. Right? Yeah, exactly. So we'll get to that in a second, though. Um, it's just like this had to go towards the top of the show, though. Uh, Miami football, man. What? What? Just I, I, I think that might be the dumbest All coaching decision I've ever seen. Uh, well, like, I mean, not just running the ball, but like it's really two epic collapses within 33 seconds. Because and it couldn't happen. Ugh, Miami fans annoy the hell out of me for some reason. I think it's because okay, we're going back to this age thing, right? <laughs> Two thousand three, crazy Miami team, right? Is that Willis McGahee? That that was like it the, was it that year? Yeah, that was like the all time Miami roster, right? Um, I was six and I wasn't watching college football at that time. So like I've you know I've heard about them and obviously they're very talented, but they haven't been relevant really necessarily since that. 2006 i think they were as well but like it's been a while since they've been relevant and their yeah. fans act like they're like texas texas always thinks they're back and <laughs> texas might not always be back that's been miami for me so to see them lose in this way it was i wouldn't go as far as therapeutic but it was it was nice to see <laughs> i find i find them like just annoying kneel the ball uh, no it just uh, it doesn't make any sense like like how many people are on the sideline it, like it it makes me wonder if he's did you, did you see the uh i think it was an offensive lineman uh Oh uh, yeah, what the, what fuck, the fuck are, are we, we doing? doing? What <laughs> the fuck are we doing? I felt bad for him. Um, yeah, seriously, it, and and it makes you wonder if he's like one of these uh, Urban Meyer dictator types, where like nobody nobody felt like they could speak up or something. I, I, That's a fireable offense to me. It really is. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. And, and, and to be fair, I don't know if if Mario Cristobal is like that. It's, it just makes me wonder. Okay. Um, but seriously, how does nobody how does nobody speak up? It's like it's like not putting the hands team on the field in an obvious onside kick situation, or it's worse than that. Oh but no, I, it is. I get it what is. you're saying. It is. It is that. worse though. You can't and you can't bring an analogy to. No, it's literally. It, it's and here's due. the thing. Here's the thing. Right? Like, I could you could you could really make the argument that he should have been kneeling it from from that first down, like 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 take a few steps back. You know what I mean? Uh, like burn off two or three seconds because it's not like either one of those runs took that much time off the clock. You look at somebody like that, and then you look at what Nick Saban did at the end of the game against Texas A&M and bled the clock perfectly. Fourth down, what six, seven seconds left? You don't punt. You're up. You know, you're up less than a touchdown. You don't punt in that situation. You don't put it in the hands of the special teams for it to get blocked or whatever. What you do is you roll out. You have your quarterback throw it into the 15th row. That's exactly what Nick Saban did, here's and that's why Nick Saban's Nick Saban. Sure, sure. And Cristobal's Cristobal. And here's and here's the other thing about that is they were deep in Georgia Tech territory. So you, so even if you turn it over on downs with two seconds left, it's you know what I mean. The, like there were so many. I, I get that we we have all this in hindsight, but again, 90 percent of Madden players know how to bleed the clock. You know what I mean? Like how do you not? How do you fuck that up? It's it's and then. And then they fucked that up. They fucked that up royally. And still, though, the, the drive starts at what? Georgia Tech 30? Something like 30, that, yeah. 35, something like that. They may, they, he completes one for like 15 yards. Receiver doesn't even get out of bounds. And they ha so the clock stops on the first down. They have to spike it. So they have like 10 seconds left. 
and you get burned for a 44-yard touchdown where no one was even close to the guy. Like, you let the quarterback roll to his right, get out of the pocket, and then send one. Like, nobody was even near him when he caught the ball. Yeah, it's just insane. Like, you said, it's, it's like two meltdowns on in within it really is it's it's not a it's not a fluky hail mary like the guy got beat like like the defense got beat and he ran it in from what like 10 10 more yards out it was just like how did how does this happen the whole thing and then and then the press conference afterwards like he kind of like he tried to like play it off as like a uh, as a you know a a a quick a, a quick little quip and he was like he was like, "Yeah, you know, we took a timeout. We talked about it. Two hands on the ball. Uh, like, like, like. Are you are you really trying to save your job right he, now?" He did say he should have kneeled. I will say that, but he well, wasn't. no shit. <laughs> what what are you gonna say in that situation? But to even put it on your player, I think is gross. To to even to even as a quick little quip, you know, put it on your player. Like, yeah, you know, I I told him two hands on the ball. Fuck you. Seventy like, seventy four yards they went in twenty five seconds. Uh, yeah, and so the first the first completion was what like tw- no okay so it was incomplete like oh right but the so he completed one for thirty yards because the touchdown yep, was what forty four yep thirty yard so incomplete thirty yards incomplete forty four yard so four plays but you know, terrible two two terrible. positive yardage yeah just insane like keep like keep him in the pocket so like I just don't like I don't understand any of it it that was that was mind blowing it really is one of the one of the it's got to be top three, like epic collapses and. and oh, what do we got? Raiders. Raiders game over. Jordan Love wants DPI, or yeah, he wants DPI. Max but, Crosby said, "Nope, that's not what's going to happen like here." He's going to get it because you're Jordan Love and you don't have any star receivers, so you're not going to get that call. <laughs> All right, seventeen thirteen Raiders going to be a final shortly here. Um, anyway, I think that's enough. I mean, there's there there isn't enough beating up Myro Cristobal for this one. Um, and I mean, and I, I don't want to let the player, I don't want to let the running back off the hook. Like to fumble in that situation is also inexcusable, but don't put him in that spot. There was an alternate angle slow down. I didn't, I didn't go back. I, I actually thought was he was down. down. I the thought knee, he was down. The knee was down in an alternate angle. I don't, you know, it's, it's tough because like the hand is in there r- ripping at it, but you're so putting like, yourself in a position to yeah. m- for the ref to make that call. Exactly. So. No, never should have been in that position. Never should have given up the touchdown either. So like, I don't know. And again, I, I think even putting that on your player is just, I think that's gross. Especially, like, pros, a little different. That's what I was going to say. Like, I know Division One Power 5 is, is pretty damn close, but it's still not professional football. You know, like, most of those kids are not going to go play in the NFL. Some of them might not even play in the CFL, you know? like Right, right. So it, it's just, I, I do think it is a little bit different, and... I, I just think the the move there is you you just you 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 own it you eat it you take that responsibility that's it and, and that's not the Miami way of doing things apparently. <laughs> all right, but it's not all bad in Miami, right? Um, the the Dolphins Dolphins beat the Giants thirty one to sixteen, and it was never that close. They they annihilated them. Um, I believe they had if they didn't have five hundred total yards by the end of the third quarter, it, they were close. And they basically uh, just put it in neutral for the fourth quarter. Um, and the thing is, is nobody is talking about this. Um, well, first of all, number one in uh, passing yards, number one in rushing yards. 
That's not bad. That's insane. When you're probably projected starter, if not like one B starter, Jeff Wilson was, you know, has been out like, you know, for running back, obviously. I mean, we've seen what A-Chan has done <laughs> I th- unlimited I, touches still. I know. And I, I, I know. And I feel like they need to continue to limit them. You know what I mean? Right. Like Mo- Mostert's a, a little bit bigger of a guy. I think he's like 205. You got to keep mean? the Ferrari in the garage type of thing, you know? Well, I mean, just, you know, like, I don't think I'd be giving him any carries, you know, in the third or fourth quarter against the Giants. You know what I mean? No, 100%. You don't need, yeah. But at the same time, he's not taking a lot of big hits either. So, but like, that, that's exactly what you don't need is him to go in between the tackles and, you know, get bruised up. Just yeah. Put him, put him out outside and just let him use his speed. But the holes they are creating with all the motion and everything like that. And, and, and the thing is, though, is, you know, not necessarily, we're not talking about HN, but they are physical. Like, they did this. We thought this was going to be bad. It, it definitely was bad against the Bills, right, that they lost to Ron Armstead. That's a big deal. It is a big deal. It's a very big deal. And then so replacing him at left tackle is Kendall Lamb, who I think got blown out of Cincinnati um, after, after Cincinnati the Super Bowl. Cincinnati had a bad – That's yeah, that, that was the whole narrative. Is yeah. Line so, sucks. So he becomes, he becomes their left tackle for this game, and – Man, they like the Giants. The Giants haven't been that bad on defense, um, but they they couldn't stop them. Nobody's talking about how physical this Dolphins team is, and it's at every it's like, position too. Like the receivers are blocking downfield. Like I know they're all speedsters, but you see Tyreek Hill, you know, stock blocking downfield. You see Jalen Waddle doing the same thing, and like they're not they're not big guys, but they're they're holding their DBs up. You know, nope. and they're I mean they're bought in. I yeah. think I think they I think they respect McDaniel's and I think they like him and they want to play for him, and I mean he's like the perfect it. players coach, right? Because he actually knows what he's doing schematically. He can like boost. He can boost their. He can boost them up. He can pump them up in like an awkward way. He knows he's not this raw raw guy. But you but know, in the meeting room, that he's so quick with a joke. Like if somebody, uh, you know he, what I mean? Like just is. watching just, film, I, I'm I'm sure he annihilates and guys he's so in the quirky, meeting room. You know, like he uh, against the Patriots at halftime, he gets interviewed, and then he knows the cameras on him, and he just starts sprinting away after the halftime yeah. interview. Just Dude, like, I mean, like he has a funny quip, like. All the time, like I, I mean, I loved it. Like His the reporter pres- asked him, "Hey, you, you know, through five weeks, you've set the, I, I don't know if it's they've set the NFL record or, it's just them and the, and the two thousand one Rams or whatever it is." Right. And he's like, "Well, yeah, that was our objective. To, yeah, he's you like, know, to to have the most yards through five weeks. Yeah, he's like, we've <laughs> checked that one off the box. Yeah, exactly. He's he's hilarious. Um, he's so down to earth. And so you talk a, you talk about physical guys that can block downfield, right?" And we talk about uh, talk about being quotable. This is, this isn't actually funny at all, but I love it. I love his philosophy. So they traded for Claypool. I don't even remember what it was. It was like you know a, they, seven they, for a, a six, seven I for think. a six kind of thing. And Claypool. So basically, yeah, you know, bag of balls for yeah. So um, for Starbucks coffee. Yeah, exactly. So and so you know, obviously, there's plenty of questions. Why would you trade for Chase Claypool? Because um, and I, if I were in that press pool i would add ask the same thing because i think he's a shithead but you know i like this answer he says i think it's very very important that you let people tell you who they are and i see and i see better than i hear mcdaniel said i'm not going to make myself wrong with something that i i don't know by judging x y or z i'll give you the opportunity to define who you are in the most organic and real way possible and that's what like it's a great answer but it's just so much better because it gives you a genuine 
like view into how Miami operates, right? And that's a big part of why they're successful. Well, I think it gives you a little bit of a view. Like, just it was just a couple of weeks ago that we were making jokes about uh, what was he like, fifteen when he was their ball boy, and yeah. like, does that kid look like a kid that has anything to do with football? You know, like stereotypically. Right. No, no you know, no, but so like, so he's definitely a, like, don't judge a book by its cover, right? Like. I'm very big on don't judge somebody by their best, their very best moment or their very worst moment, right? Like we've all we've all been there, right? And we've all like had amazing days where we're, you know. So now with Claypool, he's given me enough evidence to be like, no, he's a shithead. That being said, I think the Dolphins have a culture where it doesn't matter. They didn't they didn't give up any real capital for him. You know what I mean? Again, it was a, a trade from a, a sixth down to a seventh. To right. get for Claypool, like whatever, and you're getting the Bears seventh rounder. That's probably gonna be <laughs> yeah, like that's a a, yeah, exactly. Rounder. No shit, right? Yeah, like basically, it's almost the same pick. Could be. Um, so obviously, plenty of physical talent there, and so like, is he actually in the right place finally? And that, I mean, w- wouldn't that be that's a it's a chance for a great story to turn a guy that like was obvious and look at look at Claypool's first two stops, right? As like. like <laughs> You know he, he's coming from he's coming from the the Bears and prior to that he's 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 coming from Steelers from the Steelers. I mean the Steelers the Steel- have a good, good culture. Uh, I, I mean I don't all the dumbasses at wide receiver there. I'm not really like. But they were never maybe dumb, they were never dumbasses in in Pittsburgh really. I mean Antonio Brown like right up until the end was was. Nobody, there was nothing said about him until he really left. I don't know, man. They're all, like, I don't want to make too much of like TikTok dances in the in the locker room and all that stuff. But I don't know, man. I'm kind of starting to wonder if 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 you know, maybe it's not Tomlin, maybe, but it, just that wide receiver room between Brown, Smith, Schuster, Claypool. What the fuck was going on there? So <laughs> something happened. I don't know. I don't think that they're. I don't know if there's there was any discipline uh, in that wide receiver room, and and maybe that's why. I mean, why would the Steelers let Antonio Brown go or blow him out, right? Why would they be like, okay, Juju Smith Schuster, get out of here? Like he was, you know. No, I think he liked to block. He was like, I mean, he's an idiot, but he but I he think had that, some. I think that just goes back to they just valued talent over everything else in the in the draft process, right? Because that was the narrative for years and years and years. Oh, the Steelers got another wide receiver. Here's the next one, right? Um, it started to fade out in the last couple of years, but uh, like they they would just find, like Antonio Brown wasn't a high draft pick. I think he was a six rounder. Well, um, yeah, because everyone knew he was an idiot. Right, but so he, so, so, so maybe he, so he think, fell in the draft. No, I no, think that's I what see what you're saying. Like, they, no, they were like, they were saying we have the culture to fix him. Right. And yeah, totally. And Maybe, and maybe they spent too much of their energy you know hiding how big of you know shit bags some of these that's guys what i mean are. i feel like i feel like the steelers had the uh the, they, they must have, have had PR the poll to, to, to hide a good it. pr yeah. team is what they have maybe keep it in house who knows uh, my point being uh, you know we, we kind of went off the rails there but like claypool's coming from the steelers we have questions at the very least right about that's fair. how they're being coached up right and then the bears we definitely have questions again i don't I don't know if it's entirely fair to give all the credit to Justin Fields because, like, okay, maybe the coaching staff has figured out some shit too. That being said, the point is, is Claypool's in Miami now, a situation that we know if they can't keep him under control, they'll be like, uh, we were winning without you. Peace. Yeah. You know what I mean? But 
definitely don't need him. But yeah, but where's the ceiling on this guy? And does he add an element? You know, because one one of the things they don't have is that big body jump ball receiver, right? So now you add that to this offense. I mean, you know what it feels it could like, be holy shit. You know what it feels like to me? It Randy feels, Moss. It feels very Randy Moss. It feels very Albert Hainsworth. It feels it feels just like those. Corey Dillon, I guess, in an earlier sense. But they actually the Patriots actually needed Corey Dillon back then. But it feels like Randy Moss. And it feels like Albert Hainsworth. Albert Hainsworth didn't work out. Randy Moss sure did. Yeah. So. And Corey Dillon sure did. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you could, I mean, you could argue, you know, that they needed Randy Moss because they, obviously they didn't need him, but they probably at the time thought they needed him. They're like, oh, we don't have an outside threat, you know, so. Yeah. And, and look and what and happened. And we're not, sorry, yeah. we're not trying to compare Chase Claypool to Randy Moss or Albert Ainsworth, I guess, for that no, matter. No, let's, no, no, no. Let's hop on that bus early. <laughs> it's like, 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 this is, no, Chase Claypool is going to have 18 <laughs> touchdowns this year. Like, yeah. He's going to, he's going to posterize Darrell Revis with a one-handed catch. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's, I think it's coming. Let's, let's just get on that bus early. It's okay. It's, it's by, it's by low, sell high. We're fine. Um, no, but jokes aside, I just, I do, I, I actually like the move, which probably surprises you, but <laughs> it does surprise me. Um, let's see. I, I am, I am always willing to, uh, change with new information. You know what I'm saying? Um, we mentioned the, the Gregory trade while we're on trades. Yeah. Might, Randy might Gregory. So he's a total turd, um, pro football focus grade of 44.7 this year. He was getting less than 50% of the snaps in Denver. Um, I don't understand how he managed to pull off this deal that he signed with the Broncos. I'm starting to think that's one of the worst front offices in football. He had a five-year, $70 million deal. That's what it was. I, I thought it was um, like 480 or something. Yeah, 570, which is still a lot of money. Yeah, no, it's it, especially for, you know, what, two or three years ago money because the right. <laughs> like contracts have exploded. Right. Since, but, like, that's that's number one pass rusher money. You know what I mean? On a Number one pass rusher on a team. Like what the hell were they thinking? This guy does not play the run. He's and he's not he's not really productive in the passing game either. You know he had one year with six sacks and and he can't stay on the field. I think he's failed like seven drug tests. He's a moron. So okay, are the 49ers the kind of team that can make something of him? Well, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, he still uh, he has a huge cap number, but uh, the 49ers aren't on the hook for any of it. Yeah, they're just so like couple hundred thousand i think for, for him for the year. Uh, no i well i i think like whatever the the, the broncos might have signed him to uh not a lot of guaranteed money because of right. all his past issues but still it's just like why, why why give him that in the first place um yeah he hadn't earned it like he his career high is six sacks anyway situational pass rusher and maybe it's a guy that goes across from both so again this is another one of those like nothing picks what um I think it was a six for a seven again. Yeah, because so. they were just gonna release him. It was it word came out that they had released him, and then it was one of those things. I, I'm almost certain, you know, they leaked it early in the morning. I remember it was like early in the morning when they're like, "Oh, Randy Gregory's gonna get cut," and you know they have until 4 p.m. to make that official on the transaction wire, 4 p.m. Eastern. So I think they intentionally floated it out in the morning. It was like any any takers, you know. And and got a seventh rounder or whatever it was for him. And there are several more guys from the Broncos on the on the block now. Uh, safety Justin Simmons. Um, I think there was uh, left tackle Garrett Bowles. There was one more, but there's there's a few more guys that are on the trade block. <laughs> it's uh, but anyway, we'll uh, you know who should be on the trade block but is untradeable. Uh, yeah, well, we'll hang on. We'll come back to that. 
foreshadowing, or, or, or like, no, that's not what you call it in radio. That's a tease. <laughs> we'll come back to that. We would go to commercial right now, yeah. but we I don't. We can play the music. We don't like, like commercial. Do it. Hit it. Hit the music. <laughs> we, we, we're just giving this guy after, so much promo. After, after these messages. Okay. All right, cut it. And we're back. <laughs> and we're back. See, but it, now we have energy. We're good. All right. Um, okay, so speaking of uh, speaking of trades, speaking of teams that, you know, need a quarterback, or and that, that's, that's going too far, but there's like Lamar Jackson, you and I are at odds on this one. I don't think Lamar is ever going to win anything. I think Lamar is a clear third-tier quarterback, which we're going to get into the power rankings in a second to – explain exactly what that means right but for me you you need to surround Lamar with well more than what they have around him now and I think that they constructed this roster in a way that doesn't play to his strengths like if you were going to stick with Lamar Jackson right which you had to because you gave him the money right it should have been in a Greg Roman type of offense I don't think he's ever going to be an elite passer and I think putting the emphasis on spreading it out and everything like it doesn't seem to be working and i don't know maybe like again if you if you if you surround him with a better situation as far as this was i feel like they already gave him the weapons right um i, 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 I think that's zay, a stretch i, I keep I, saying zay jones but zay flowers zay flowers is good he's a rookie and mark andrews is obviously good they don't have a lot beyond that i mean i don't know is well I mean, Odell's been hurt. Is, I mean, is Odell washed? I don't know. I mean, two catches for 13 in this one. So, in this last game. It's his first game, first game back from an injury. He missed two games, I in, think, with the ankle. In his defense, right? In his defense, th- there were several horrible drops. But, again, it was Lamar. I think he was 23 of 38, like 236. But he threw a pick. He but lost the, a fumble. We, we, talk about the, we talk about the Cowboys and the – in the Niners, we got to talk about the Steelers' defense like that, though, too. I mean, they have a legit defense. I don't. No, I don't. I don't see the Steelers' defense being in that anywhere near that class. I don't I, think they're quite TJ, in that class. TJ, Watt, uh, TJ Watts in the in the Bosa class. That's it. Yeah, TJ um, Watts. I mean, probably the best okay, J- defender well, in the league. And they have some pro. Okay, so they, they you know Highsmith Porter like they they have some pieces there, but uh, but I don't think it's I don't think it's fair to put them in the 49ers class at all. And I, don't, I mean, ten points is ten points, man. Like, you, like you can't. No, I mean that's that's not excusable. But I think it's just one bad week. I mean, Lamar is still sh- completing seventy percent of his passes. It is a new offense. It takes time. I don't think they're gonna totally abandon the run. I mean, he threw he ran for a hundred and two a couple weeks ago, a couple touchdowns. I think it's kind of kind of like what Justin Fields said a couple weeks ago that got him in some hot waters when he. Uh, when he threw the coaching staff under the bus really quick. But, I, I, again, I don't think that comment was was really him attacking the coaching staff, but that's neither here nor there. I think it's about Lamar finding that balance, and it's a little difficult in the early weeks with a new coordinator that does want to pass, right? I think having the threat of Lamar actually you know, dissecting you in the passing game and – him completing 70% of his passes shows you that he can be a threat with his arm, right? I think that makes him and his running ability that much more lethal if it's if it's here and there and it's not every single time that there's a 
you know, there's a third and eight, all oh, Lamar's just going to roll out. And even if it's not a designed run, he's going to he's going to run for the first down. Like you have to exp- you have to respect the the slant route over the middle or the dig or whatever they're trying to get for that first down. Whereas before, I don't think you had to as much. And that's that's why I think there's there's hope there. I mean, I think the only hope for your argument is that it's a new offense and they because right now the production is not there. Like, yards is an overrated stat, yes, but he has 1,000 yards in five games. He has four touchdowns in five games. How, has, how many rushing touchdowns does he have? Probably three or four more. Um, I don't know. Keep talking. Let me find it. Because, I, I mean, yeah, I mean, if he just – I know he had two in that one game that I mentioned, the 102, so that, that's up to six, but six in five games is, is not good either. I mean, yes, look at their point total, 10. He's got, he's got four rushing touchdowns. Okay, um, so he's up eight touchdowns. Not great, but – I mean, damn, lost to the Colts. 10, 20, 19, 27, 25, I mean. They always make it hard to find fumbles. That that (laughs) annoys me because that is an important stat. It is. It is. I don't know. Like, I don't think he does. uh, And that's really my point is he doesn't do enough to protect the ball. And in a game – in a in a game against the Steelers – I mean, I'm sorry. Right now the Steelers are a must-have game. You can't lose to the Steelers. Kenny Pickett sucks. And, yeah, Kenny Pickett, you know, throws a deep ball to George Pickens where it kind of looked like he pushed off because George Pickens can't separate, so he's going to he push off. Put, yeah, he cannot separate. So, like, I don't know, man. I Like, time will tell. Um, let me let me pull up. What, what do they have for upcoming schedule? Um, Let's see here. No, I got it. Okay, Titans, Titans Lions, Cardinals, Seahawks. You got to be three and one through those games, I think, and that that means beating a good team. Um, either either the Seahawks or like you can't lose to the Titans at home, and you can't lose in Arizona. And yeah, I th- I think you and you got to beat either the Lions or the Seahawks at home because then you're um, yeah Browns, Bengals, Chargers after that. I'm telling you, man, I in this AFC again, which is uh, you know it's just a deep conference, right? I could very easily see the Ravens being nine and eight and missing out. They could be, but that could be any of the AFC North teams at this point. Yeah, Bang- no, it really Bengals, could. Bengals are not going to go away. I don't care what anybody says. Uh, no, I don't think so either. And Burrow did look better, and I think I think I it's I, I think it's the Browns that are the odd man out right now, personally. But yeah, I think it's the Browns and the Steelers. Um, but I, yeah. I think I could see them beating beating each other up. Yeah. And only the division winner making it. I don't know. I, did, I don't believe in the Steelers. I don't believe in the Browns. Ravens, I'm on the fence right now. And, yeah, I think the Bengals are going to win that division. So, <laughs> um, But all this talk about Lamar and quarterbacks, we got to get to the, the quarterback power rankings, as promised. So, like, this isn't um, – this isn't just a straight one through 32 or anything like that. Basically, we've got it into... We're going to give you the highlights and the lowlights. Yeah, and, and it's in tiers, right? So right now, the way we look at it is it's Mahomes and then everybody else. And as much as I hate to admit that, <laughs> I can't stand the guy. I think it's pretty obvious. I mean, but really, is there any argument right now, you know, you're drafting every NFL player in the league right now, Mahomes is the first pick 100 out of 100 times. Every There's time. No doesn't matter the coach, doesn't matter the scheme, doesn't matter anything. Right. It's Mahomes. Um, he can manipulate the game and always find a way to win. 
and it's just and I yeah if you ask me who do I trust with the ball in their hands and two minutes to go like you know obviously two three years ago I would have told you Brady now I'll tell you Mahomes that's that's the answer 100% agree with you so I don't think there's much need to debate that but then things get interesting and so we go to a second tier which we've kind of defined as guys that we think could beat Mahomes Chiefs at full strength you know but you know playoff time when Mahomes shines these are the five guys that we think could beat Patrick Mahomes and again kind of regardless of scheme kind of regardless of talent around just like but guys they need that, talent around them obviously no well I mean Mahomes need talent yeah, needs yeah. talent around him too I mean like that, that's not what we're saying but it's just like these are guys that I also trust but it's just not at the just not at that level any so, given Sunday type of thing yeah right? for sure um, you know, th- yeah, the guys, exactly. The guys that might win three out of 10 games against, you know, so <sighs> based on recently, uh, you know, I don't know if you agree with me here and, 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 and this is, I don't want to say it's not in any necessarily order and this is, this could change, um, this as, could change week to week. As right? Stephen A. Smith always says, the list is fluid. It's all right. fluid. This, all right. Yeah. This list is fluid. And so after that beat down of the Cowboys, I got Brock Purdy at two. Um, again, arm talent, you know, probably middle of the pack, but that that isn't that isn't playing quarterback. That's there's so much more to it. And yeah. he's he's obviously directing traffic. He's obviously getting guys in the right position. And again, maybe it's just the perfect coach quarterback combination. Maybe it's Brock Purdy doesn't have a big head because he was Mister Irrelevant. I don't know why it's working. He still has for a sure. roommate. He he's uh, a. <laughs> that tells you about yeah. San Francisco. Yeah, no, he I did lives see with that. an offensive lineman. His his parents can't even come to every game. <laughs> like like the the poor bastard. Yeah, I say yeah. poor bastard, but like he yeah he. I can, mean, he, he kind of is poor in San Francisco. Yeah, terms. He, he's yeah by San Francisco terms and what I mean. So like his parents, they're they're still working stiffs. They're like so they can only make some games. <laughs> like it's it, it's kind a of different a, world. It's kind of funny to you know to see that at the NFL level, like, like, Oh yeah. You know, they, they can make some, they can't make all. And, and just to put a disclaimer out on this again, w- we said two for Brock Purdy. That doesn't necessarily mean we think he's the second best quarterback in the NFL right now. We're just, this is second tier that we're doing right now. So, and, and I want to get into this after like something that I want to discuss about quarterbacks, but we'll finish the power rankings first. So, all right. So then at three, we got Allen, not, not a good performance. I mean, he threw the pick against the Jaguars. Honestly, that was a really good play by the safety. I mean, you still you still can't make that throw. I think you know what I mean. Like right. he just has those those days where he forces it, you know. And and uh, again, this is going to speak to my point in a second. But I got Allen at three. I got Hertz at four. Hertz is winning, but he is turning the ball over. And uh, that game coming up was it like week thirteen against the Forty ers that's going to be such a fun game. I mean, they are going to hit him hard, and he has to run the ball to be. Is that in to Philly be totally or effective? Or is it in San Francisco? Let me uh, let me look that up. Or well, y- while or you, you look that up, I'll uh, I'll give us number five. Uh, we're going to go Joe Burrow. Obviously, he's proven that he can beat Patrick Mahomes yeah. in in Kansas City. Um, obviously, hasn't looked great. He had a good game against the Cardinals. Get right game. Jamar Chase. Six catches, 190 yards, or something like that, just went off. So uh, signs of signs of life in Cincinnati, and like we Wait, both didn't, didn't Jamar have like 15? What, what was it? 16 catches? Oh, 15 was it? Yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah, Nin- it, it, I know it, it he had 19 insane. targets, and I think it was 15 or 16 catches. 
week six. Let me see here. But to answer your question, yeah, the Eagles are at home against the 49ers. Um, and I wanted to look up one other thing on uh So that could be a that could be a bad weather game too. It could be a bad weather game. I don't which you know, I don't I don't even know who that who that favors necessarily. Yeah, that's true. It uh it could very easily keep it low scoring though, right? Yeah, Jamar fifteen for one ninety two. Three touchdowns. That's <laughs> not a bad day at the office. So I mean you know, interesting, you know, like I, after that, I'm always open, you know, like, like hey, they listen, they said, all right, we're going to get you the ball. Um, you know, and to be fair, like Allen, Allen threw a bad interception, you know, when it, when it happened, poor when it happened, but he was 27 of 40, 359, two touchdowns. Um, In London, that's like, would you say 359? That's like 500 yards in London because like <laughs> London games are usually just so slow and I don't know. Always bet the under in the London game. So, mm. so for to get three fifty nines, like, mm. well, yeah. Impressive. What was it? I mean, forty five in that game. I don't know. Um. Okay, but so point being, Allen hurts. That's kind of a toss up. Kind of speaking to our point, Burrow has had a rough time, um, but it, but it seemed to be rounding back into form, and they found a way to get the ball to Jamar Chase more. And then uh, at number six, still in that. In that tier, I'm I'm trusting to a another guy like not necessarily elite arm talent, uh, but anticipation, toughness, all the like, and obviously all the weapons around him right now. And it's hard to imagine the Dolphins not beating the Chiefs right now. It, but you know, it was it was hard to imagine that happening to the Dolphins a couple of weeks ago uh, with the Bills, right? So it's it's very again, it's very fluid. It's very hard to keep track of. You know what I mean? Like the Dolphins look so good. You know, three. You know, two weeks ago they looked so good. This week, yeah, I'm trusting. I'm trusting to 100. percent I th- I think he's higher up in this list. Uh, but so again, these are uh, like just tier n- two. Yeah, just yeah. tier two. I mean, right. no, again, none of these guys are winning 50 percent of the games against Mahomes currently. You know, <laughs> I mean, Burrow is three and one against <laughs> him, but um, but you know, from here on, do I do I think any of these guys are winning more than 50 percent of games against Mahomes? No, but. Could be forty, could be thirty percent. You know, if you if you, you have were, a sh- you have a if shot, you were to plug it, it into the computer and and you know do a hundred simulations or whatever, right? Um, so then we move on to third tier, which uh, so we have some disagreement about that. I put Lamar as my best quarterback in that third tier, guy that needs a lot around him to succeed. Um, you know, I, I'm not saying not talented, not saying not even not saying not a good quarterback won't beat, you know, two thirds of the league, you know, but but once it comes playoff time, I mean, Lamar hasn't shown it. He's never shown it in the playoffs, and and he and he got and he always gets beat up. He's not. It's not like he's built like Jalen Hurts to even built to last. And Hurts get yeah, Jalen Hurts got hurt last year too. So yeah, like you said about uh, about. Um the the wide receiver jesus dolphins uh that just got Clay, traded Claypool. yeah I'm, I'm on his bus i'm on i'm on uh, lamar's bus early because i think this is the year he makes some noise in the playoffs I, i'd have him in the second tier but um you know that's a, that's a small small thing uh, bottom two top three tier you know he's a very good quarterback I, I think he could three out of ten times i think he can beat patrick mahomes but mm. I don't know. That's very uh I feel like that's very generous. <laughs> um 
so we we disagree about Lamar though, and so that's that's a that's a fun one for us to watch for the rest of the year, right? Um, the rest of tier three, Jared Goff just just been solid. Nine touchdowns, three interceptions. He and you know kept them in the one game they lost with the Seahawks. I mean, who what's not to like about the Lions right now, right? Like that, and they're they're not built around the quarterback position, but that but that's a guy. You know, a little bit of a little bit of modesty, you know what I mean? Like and just a guy that they can play for a Dan Campbell. You know what I mean? Not everybody can play for Dan Campbell. Yeah, it's a good fit. That's you know a what really I mean? good fit. And it's it's fun to see. And I think like it might be a, like a little bit of a but the way that they run their offense and the way that then the things they ask of their quarterback, it's kind of similar to Purdy with the 49ers. Not as good, but similar, right? Um it's just like you know, if you give him a viable play action game, like like he'll make it work, and he'll pick you know pick teams apart. Definitely, and um, you know, and he was he was really good against the Chiefs. So like in a and <laughs> of course we put him in that third tier, but that's a, with a little bit of an asterisk. No, no Kelsey, no Jones. Um, you know, do we think that he he wins that game? Eh, probably also not. week one. You know, like you know week one is different a little bit, and yeah, and Chiefs. Yeah, Chiefs aren't necessarily the slow starters, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. But you're not in no team is the team that they are in week 18 that they are week 1. But that's kind of what tier 3 is about, right? Exactly. Like, like exactly. with the in uh, the right in the right circumstance. In the right circumstance it can happen, right? And then uh and then a lot of people are going to probably going to be surprised about this one. I I got Dak Prescott because he has still been good. I mean, he played well against the Jets and that's a very good defense. That's one of it's one of the best defenses in the NFL. It still is. And and he played very well against the Jets. So, I think Dak is limited. I think he again. He's one of those guys. Don't ask too much of him. Too many teams are asking too much of a quarterback, and and just because you paid him, maybe you shouldn't have. But <laughs> I'm adding a caveat here. This is Dak Prescott slash Kirk Cousins for Michael. Oh, you're you're comparing them like you're saying they're a comp to each other. Yeah, they're not. They're, we have them listed at nine here, just for sake of argument. I'm gonna go nine A, nine B. Oh. No, Cousins is not in the top ten. Absolutely not. Cousins has done absolutely nothing. I think nothing. they're pretty much the same quarterback. No, they're not the same quarterback. Absolutely not. the the Vikings The Vikings have given him weapons. He has arguably the best receiver in the NFL, and he wins absolutely nothing. I'm sorry, like he Jack is, Prescott's always had weapons. Yeah, but Bre- Prescott at least took him to a conference championship game. Prescott Prescott has more accolades than than Kirk Cousins does. Cousins has gone nowhere in the playoffs. His cousin and as bad like as bad as Prescott was last night, Kirk Cousins in prime time. I'm sorry, Cousins. Cousins has got to be a few a few notches below Dak. No way, Dak is better. Dak Dak I think also suffers from a little like I, I'm not a McCarthy guy. I don't think he's a good coach, and so I I think that has a lot to do with it too. But yeah, you're right. I mean, Dak's rookie year, he had the best offensive line in the NFL. He had he had a young Zeke. Um, I don't know how you can defend him if they don't make it to the conference championship with this defense this year. I think that's their floor. I mean, well, no. How can it be with the Eagles and the 49ers in the same conference as them? I mean, if they if they make it a game short, I think. Don't get me wrong, man. I think, like, again, hang on. Let me finish the list, and then I'll go to my point. So, um, and then at number ten, kind of a surprise, but based on what we've seen the last couple of weeks, yeah, um, they, 
you know, they didn't get it. They didn't get it done. But I, I'll take C.J. Stroud over, yeah, over Cousins, over you know, over Derek Carr. <laughs> I, I don't even know, like, yeah, where 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 we go for the rest of this list. But we're only doing top ten. So, I don't know. Just for sake of argument, who who could be in that ten slot over Stroud? You know. <laughs> Definitely not Russell Wilson. I'm just trying to go through the divisions. Absolutely not Russell. Russell Wilson's bottom 10. Yeah. I mean, you know, actually, you know, these are a couple of interesting. So, like, um, Justin Herbert, which, no, yeah. I kind of I kind of buy into that, that a, what that AFC scout said. Like, he's a thrower, not a, not a passer. You know what I mean? And talk about a guy that's had weapons, right? I'm just not really sold on Herbert, you know? like I think I would have Herbert above C.J. Stroud. Well, um. Guy, guys that you can make an argument for, though. Herbert, um, Lawrence, but he didn't really play well in the win. Two fumbles. I'm that, going straight over him. Lawrence. Um, Geno Smith. Matthew Stafford still maybe, uh, you yeah. know, kind of kind of yeah, falling off. I think off. we're disrespecting Matthew Stafford a little bit here, but that's okay. I mean, I'm not a – I don't know. I, I, I like Stafford. I just think that and, – and it is a little bit of C.J. Stroud's on the rise. That's not what this power – the power rankings aren't supposed to be, you know, would would you want him uh, today with his contract and with his age situation? It's just like, or I guess we could decide that, right? But like the power rank, our power rankings right now, as I understand it, is do I want him for one game, right? And with that in mind, let's go to our to the low lights of our power rankings. The guys, we're, we're going bottom five. So, and so again, with with the, with the caveat, or so with we the, should uh, go, we should go fifth worst first, and then and go down. Yeah, let's keep the people enticed. You know? Yeah, uh, and I feel like we should switch the bottom just just because. Um, you know, yeah, we can't. No, we can't. We can't be. You know, uh, recency bias. We can't do that, right? Can't fall into so, it. So, so you know, we we talked about it. Maybe if it was bottom six, if we were doing bottom six, it might be Jordan Love, but. Uh, number twenty-eight is Pickett. I'd like fifth worst quarter starting quarterback in the league according to Solid Sports. Yeah, that's. I think. Um, I think the clock's the clock's ticking on this guy. That's all I'm gonna say. Like I don't. And. And I hate it. You know, I I want to root for Zach Wilson, but that Broncos defense is bad, and he. It's terrible. It's it's, it's almost. It's almost epically bad in in Denver, and the, I mean, and they're just trying to trade away pieces now, and it, like, and they're already waving the white flag at week five, and um, and and the point being is Zach Wilson didn't exactly carve him up, and he needs a running game to even to even beat the Broncos, who are a dumpster fire. Yeah, right we'll now. we'll talk about that game in a little bit. I don't yeah. want to get too much into it. I would have Zach Wilson lower in this list. I need the listeners to understand that Zach Wilson is worse. Than Mac Jones at football, um, <laughs> but with that said, Mac Jones is one of the worst quarterbacks in in the NFL, and we have him, we have him at thirty. We have him at the third worst. I think he's above Zach Wilson, but I mean, you don't want either. So I mean, I I don't feel bad putting him this low. Um, after we're, this isn't really recency bias either. I mean, obviously a terrible game this week, but what has he really shown? Um, I d- what he's shown me is just like a lack of ability to to overcome adversity, like like a, just a, a temper. Like he's not he's not in any way uh, like a calming presence, but it doesn't seem like he's ever a motivating presence for the Patriots. I mean they are, I mean they could be in contention for worst team in the league right now. It could at, be after the last two weeks. So 
I mean, a lot of that has to do with Jones. And, I mean, if, again, if there's potential for Bailey Zappi to be taken back over in New England. After and, he was cut. After, yeah, after he wasn't on a roster five weeks ago. Um, but, yeah, that's where we're at. That's where and, we are. And, yeah, Matt, I, I don't even remember what the hell happened with Matt Coral, but he would be the starter right now probably. That was a weird situation. Yeah, um, unfortunate for sure. So second second worst quarterback who just, just won tonight, though, um, but Jimmy Garoppolo. Again, I, like it just goes back to, you know, with that 49ers team, he had his moments, but again, with that with that team around him, I don't know. They should have they should have they should have won a Super Bowl. <laughs> like it, like it was the best roster in the NFL, probably still is, you know. And that and now they have their guy, and that I, that kind of speaks to Brock Purdy a little bit, right? And uh, from number one to number thirty-two, Bryce Young, number one pick in the in the draft this year, and. The worst quarterback in the league. Uh, Panthers are probably going to be selecting number one again. Or actually, no, they're not. Because they're not, no. Because they gave their pick to the Bears. So I just mentioned Broncos, uh, you know, general managing dumpster fire. Well, the Panthers have made some bad decisions. And, uh, uh-huh. I mean, you know, I mean, look at DJ Moore. who like, And I'm going to call you out on this. You said he's not a number one. Mm-hmm. Um, he's good. I, I, just, I don't think he's a number one on a, on a good team. I think he's like a he's a very good gadget kind of very solid number two. I don't think he's that the number one. That is disrespectful. Two hundred and thirty yards. Yes, and that's recency gad- that's bias. Gadget, huh? Recency bias. You're just falling right into it. He's a good. He's a very. He, if he's a number two, you you have probably one of the best wide receiving groups in the league. But if he's number one, it's not. It's it's not going to do it. I don't know. I, I, I don't think it will. Sounds like next week is wide receiver power rankings. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that's what we have to do. Um. Anyway, my point with this, with the the reason that we did this quarterback power rankings thing, this whole boondoggle here, is if you look at that third tier, all yeah, I mean Dak's been paid, Lamar's been paid, right? And we just said basically we called that third tier though. We said those guys need more pieces around them to win basically and and all the circumstances have to be right the nfl like somebody is going to have to reset the quarterback market and say enough is enough like maybe the contracts have been overinflated because you're not getting consistency from I, almost I, any of them i don't think it's, it's necessarily re- resetting the market and the traditional value i get your point i think it's just deciding not to pay the third tier guys like somebody has to make that just but somebody's always going to pay them because there's if you're not paying them i mean look at kirk cousins right look at the look at what washington and okay but it's somebody has to look at daniel jones and say that's a cautionary tale it's gonna happen again it's gonna happen again it's it'll always happen i mean the dumb teams will like, it doesn't even have it, to be. It doesn't even have to be the, the Giants team. making the playoffs. Is that last year is the worst thing that could have happened to them? Because if they hadn't, they would have. They would have just started over. They have pieces there, and I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm just saying if if the Giants didn't pay Daniel Jones, somebody else would. Somebody else would have. And that's. I mean, and that's that's what's wrong. And I, and I just here's the thing, the. You know, again, copycat league, right? So I feel like they're gonna go back and they're gonna and they're gonna say, what are the qualities that makes Brock Purdy good? 
You know what I mean? But you can I, – I don't think the 49ers need to pay him $45 million, $50 million. I don't think that that needs to happen. And If he wins this MVP like people are talking, they might have to, he's though. Not, he's not going to win the MVP, though. I, I don't see it, and I, and, I, and I don't think he should. No, he because should. You, because with that roster around him, he sh- he's not the MVP. Um, he's executing. He's doing what he's supposed to do with the talent around him, which is which is underrated. You know what I mean? Like like it's it's easier said than done to do what you're supposed to do with the talent around you, right? I'm just I'm I think the teams have to realize that no more pieces around your quarterback still matters. And this is a little this is a little inconsistent for me because I said if you pay Aaron Rodgers, right? I said this before. If you pay Aaron Rodgers fifty million dollars, that should be enough, right? Like it's like you're you're telling him, and you know what? No, I am saying that though. I'm, I I stand by it. I'm saying that right now, there's only one guy for sure that deserves that money and can win with basically anything around him, right? I mean, Mahomes was right there with like with the with the the Chiefs cast of receivers. They obviously you know they obviously have issues on the offensive line still. Um, and then there's times, yeah, like again. Allen Hurts, like those guys, and those guys have all been paid too. Allen Hurts, Burrow, they've all been paid, and I, I just think that you're gonna you're gonna have to, like you said, I don't I don't know if it's a traditional reset of the market, but somebody is gonna have to put their foot down. The Giants were probably the team that should have, and said, but you know what, we'll 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 find somebody else. That's why it's so tough because it's not just one team that has to put their foot down. It has to be kind of a league-wide decision to be like <laughs> like they're doing with running backs, right? Being like, okay, we're not going to pay these mid-level guys top dollar. That's that's what it is, and that's why I'm saying it's going to be so tough because the Giants don't do it. Name your – name your the, the Bucks probably go after him, you know? They get Baker, but Baker, Baker had to make a pitch to Tampa <laughs> to go to Tampa to compete for the starting job. They probably would have went after him because they felt like they had a – win now roster even though they lost some guys the saints probably go after him if they don't get Derek carr you know the raiders might go after him. there's a number of teams that will probably go after daniel jones based off of the season he had last year and pay him if the giants don't I, it's not one team being like oh you guys are dumb i don't know i wonder if the, i also wonder if the giants bid against themselves i want like they very I, well could have i think the number maybe but I mean, I mean, two to three million dollars. Yes, it's it's cap money that you can spend elsewhere. But at the end of the day, is two to three million dollars more a year a difference? Well, I'm not maker. talking two or three. I'm talking ten to fifteen. But I don't know. I mean, I like I look at the way the 49ers have done it, and it, and they've seen like no like find a la- find a later round quarterback and build around him guy guy with a chip on his shoulder guy that guy that you can develop guy that you can. Again, you know, it's I mean it's the Brady model, right? You know? But I just I think I think that they are overpaying their quarterbacks. There's been too much put there's been if if you can do that, they put too much value on the position. There's too many teams that think we got oh, we have to find our Mahomes. And so they think they have to pay him like Mahomes and it's just not it's just not how it works. Like you, you're not gonna find them at homes. They don't grow on trees. You have to, you have to build a better roster around your quarterbacks. And if you, and yeah, if you give them a, con- if you give your quarterback a, a contract that prohibits that, I'm just saying, hey, if I'm running a team, 
I don't know. The Eagles, you know, uh, Howie Roseman does a good job with the Eagles. Hurts got paid, right? And the Eagles, let, you know, made some good decisions. Sometimes you can do it that way. You can pay your quarterback, and you can let the right guys go and bring the right guys in. Obviously, having that ninth overall pick to take Jalen Carter, that definitely helped. Um, Obviously, Jalen Carter falling definitely helped. Yeah, well, well, it's but I mean, I mean, but adding the ninth overall pick, no matter what it was going to be, you know, picking the right guy at nine nine overall. But yeah, I mean, Carter was also the best player in the draft. So <clears throat> it's just my, you know, I, I think I think I've uh, I've beaten my point to death. But I just if I if I'm if I'm putting together a roster, like I'm I'm going to try and find a way to do it with a quarterback that's, you know, lower on that pay scale because you're not going to find your Patrick Mahomes. I don't – We. what is the difference between elite quarterbacks and poor quarterbacks? You know, it's literally four or five throws a game, right? Like what Like what changes their completion percentage from 70 to 55? 50, you know what I mean? That, yeah, that, five that, or six. That yeah, can be like yeah. four, five, six throws a game, right? And so – it's really all about consistency. We just talked about decision making. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, and and Allen inconsistent. Hurts turning the ball over. Burrow completely very inconsistent. Tua had a horrible interception in that in that game against the Giants, and and he's loose with the ball at times. And this is our second tier, right? Like those guys have to play very good games to beat Mahomes, is what right. we're saying. You know, they they need to not make those mistakes. So that's my point. Um, but anyway. So moving on to some great quarterback play at the college ranks, um, at least on one end, a guy that, you know, Heisman candidate Quinn Ewers, but he had a rough one against Oklahoma and put them in a hole early. Two interceptions in the he'd, first five minutes of the game. He'd probably be second tier on our list because, uh, you know, played well but turned the ball over, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and who knows, right? I mean, like he is a first-round first round prospect in this upcoming draft, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know a lot, and I probably second quarterback taken. You know the the the, the combine and all that ah. stuff is a little o- overrated. Drake so, may like, Drake may might have a s- something to say about that, but you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, just what he finished with like three eighty nine. I think it was. Yeah, it was the three eighties. Uh, he was thirty one to thirty seven. I think three eighty six, uh, and uh, and three three touchdowns. And I'll pull it up. But basically, the point is, but he also turned the ball over three times. And two in the first five minutes. The first interception was was a bad one, and it and it set up Oklahoma's first touchdown. And I don't I don't mean he just I mean he just stared him down for what felt like you know an eternity and yeah, then threw two, that first pick. two slants and he just looked right at the outside slant and it felt like in real time he's looking off because there was three DBs right there he's looking off the safety to have him kind of hug the, the outside guy and go and, to the in- go to the inside but he's like nah i'm just gonna stick to the outside yeah <laughs> and, i mean and it just wasn't it was 100 percent on him that's yeah. a, you know what i mean it's and a then, bad read that's all it is and we you know we got into it about the second one i say it wasn't a great throw to his tight end there um damn it, i forget his name number zero he, he's a he's a first round prospect too but you know tries to hit him up the seam great play by the safety for the sooners by the way and pops the ball out, but I mean a turnover in the red zone. That's the thing is you have to be, you have to be per- more, you have to be tighter in the red zone, right? I mean it's it, there's tighter windows and you do. and and I I don't think the ball it was a little high, but it was definitely catchable. No, it was, it was definitely catchable, and yeah, and you expect that from your first round prospect tight end, sure. But 
I don't know, at the same time, down in the red zone, you got to be more careful. And yeah, Texas could have come away with three points there. And anyway, he also had a fumble uh, later on in the game. So three turnovers in a in a rivalry game is just and give credit where it's due. Oklahoma made the plays that they had to, and that I mean that that goal line stand. Uh, I think it says a little bit about yours. I think it says a little bit about Texas's O line and just their ability to execute that they couldn't punch it in three straight plays from the one. Then on fourth down, they try to go, you know, they they, they try to go with the pass to uh, Worthy, right? And um, literally by a scrotum here, he wasn't in the end zone, but but still they didn't get in and they didn't execute and and between the turnovers and that and then. Um, not stopping the Oklahoma quarterback. Yeah, Dylan Gabriel. Was Dylan really Gabriel, good. man, shifty, shifty. We uh, we pointed out, we watched that, we rewatched the uh, the QB. It wasn't even a draw. I think it was a scramble. No, it was a scramble. Yeah, but th- they had a QB spy on him, and he just juked that that linebacker right out of his shoes for like what ended up being like a forty five yeah, yard. 40, run. Yeah, 40, 40, 50 yard run. Um, th- that was right after the goal line stand, and they ended up missing the field goal on that drive. It would have pushed them up by ten, but. It still it still flipped the field position, you know, starting the drive from their one, and um, and it's really a great like the rivalry game, honestly. The and then the you know the big pass to set up the touchdown, uh, like just a few plays before the touchdown, uh, he made that play with his feet too. Yeah. So it's just like the Texas defense just just couldn't keep up with Gabriel, and um, so I give all the credit to Oklahoma. It's just Texas. I think the rankings were right coming in. Texas is the more talented team, and they they made too many mistakes, and Oklahoma didn't make the big mistake. So, um, now um, we go from some pretty pretty big defensive plays to Pac-12 abs- after dark. To, yeah, to absolutely no defense, at least uh, in terms of USC. You know, I mean, you know, maybe maybe we're being a little disrespectful to Arizona because they've. Yeah, they gave Washington a game last. They've week, hung around last you week. Know? Tw- they lost by a touchdown. So I mean, to face two Heisman candidate quarterbacks w- week to week, that's <laughs> that's a tough task. And this is and the, uh, was Arizona on the road in uh, where it was was Washington? In, uh, I think Washington went to Arizona if I if I remember correctly. But then Arizona comes in to USC's house and almost pulls off the upset and. So I gotta ask. I mean, so first of all, like we we know USC's defense is bad, though. Um, yeah, so very, they, they very gave up, bad. They gave up 506 total yards in this game, and uh, you know the stats are a little tough. You know, uh, going NCAA wide or or FBS wide, but you know just because there's there's you know Alabama beating up on Valdosta State or whatever the hell week one, right? But Point being, um, you know, yeah, USC, 99th ranked in yards per game. Yeah, their so. their defensive coordinator just needs to go, Alex Grinch. He's been, like, he's a Lincoln-Riley guy. Like, he's been with Lincoln-Riley since 2019 at Oklahoma. And Does Lincoln-Riley just want a guy that's going to get his offense back on the field? I, 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 <laughs> I don't care I, how. So Tur- I, turnover or touchdown? So, I, I, I guess I'm remembering this incorrectly. Like, they weren't terrible when he was in Oklahoma, he was, it was 33rd and 40th in yards per game. But I remember those defenses being really bad. Uh, I, I don't know, but they've well, been very, they've is been that very just, bad. Is that just LA. last year in Oklahoma? Because, I, I mean, I remember Oklahoma's defenses being rough for the last couple of years. But yeah, yeah. But I mean, What about points per game? Because Oklahoma, I, I remember Oklahoma giving up some points this yeah, last yeah, couple of years. Yeah, they definitely did. 
But I mean, so yeah, I mean, this year they're 99th in yards per game, and they were tied for and like okay, they're they're giving up yards, but they're probably taking the ball away, right? Wrong. 72nd in in turnovers created per game. They're only getting like 1.3 a game. Um, 2022, they were 101st, so they're actually a little bit better in in yards per game. So congratulations. Um, 84th in 2021. Like the book is out on on this guy. Like he, I don't know. I can appreciate being loyal to your guys, but when it's costing you a chance to, I mean, it didn't, it didn't cost them yet because they won, right? They only went down one spot in the rankings to 10, but they're only at 10th because their defense is so poor. Like if this Caleb Williams offense had a average defense, they'd be a top five team right now. They'd probably be probably four. They'd probably be in the college football playoff right now. Like if, if the season ended today. But they're not because their defense is atrocious. And they actually, yeah, they actually dropped one spot in the in the AP pool down to ten um, behind Texas. Well, you know, with with their one loss. So, um, but yeah, also in that game though, Caleb Williams got it done at the end. You know, like it's like a it's a gritty, ugly win. Um, but he was not good. If, I mean, you know, I mean, especially by number one pick in the draft standards. It's not like Arizona's a, you know, a top tier defense in the country or anything like that. Williams was fourteen for twenty five, two nineteen touchdown, lost a fumble. He did add um, three, did add three touchdowns on the ground. I'll give him that. But yeah, he was not very accurate. Um, did not look good. And it, again, we go back to Washington, right? Washington kept it close, thirty one twenty four. But Michael Penix Jr. faced that same defense and went thirty for forty for three hundred sixty three. So you can pass against them, and that was and that was at Arizona. Um, so I, yeah, I don't know. Um, all, all time like Arizona, like you know USC has the game before it goes to overtime, and we talk about you know we talked about the Miami ending. This this ending was not quite as crazy, but pretty damn crazy. Um, they had like a twenty five yard field goal to win with no time left. USC did uh, the play before they almost fumbled it away. They they did a read option in the and the read uh, Caleb Williams dropped it on the ground so they fell on it but next play uh, snap is high <laughs> if you haven't this seen was, it you gotta you gotta watch this it. was yeah this was butt fumble ass this like this com- was yeah a comedy of errors uh, snap was high on a twenty five yard field goal attempt the the holder corrals it but by the time he corrals it the kicker's already at the holder so that he hesitates the kicker hesitates a lefty kicker too which you don't see a lot of hesitates puts his leg up in the air and then he tries to kick it he tries to like flutie it right or yeah for, i mean from a from a standing yeah and it, from it a goes dead like, stop it goes like maybe a yard <laughs> I, I think he got five yards i think he got five, like he's lucky it wasn't returned like he's lucky it wasn't returned for a touchdown i mean it was like because it was up in the air for a second if, yeah. if one of the arizona defenders that had, had been th- on it there was three seconds left and we're not even there was just so much that went on in that final sequence they almost didn't get the the playoff they had a timeout left with like t- 11 seconds left they pass it yeah that's right they have oh, one timeout God. left and then they're huddling to the ball and then they finally call a timeout with three seconds left, right before they're about to spike it, three or two seconds left, whatever it was. And it, that was that obviously wasn't the plan. That's the thing is they were like running up frantically and yeah, all this. Like, so it was, it's like why didn't why three didn't you bad just call the timeout? You would have had. I, I I mean, what was that? Did that make it second down? You would have had another shot at the end zone. I think it was third, but you still would have. Yeah. Yeah, you could have taken one more shot at the end zone. Sure. I mean, what was that like? 
try to try to hurry up so like if the first snap is bad which it turns out it was um but yeah you didn't have enough time for that yeah you know what i mean like there was three seconds left out by the time they spiked the ball so if it was that whole oh we'll give ourselves two chances at the field goal well, so no, we'll preserve won't. the timeout <laughs> like you know it didn't pan out and then um yeah they went in double overtime again caleb williams got it triple done overtime was, uh, excuse me triple overtime thank you um you know caleb williams got it done i guess you know but it's just ugly um and sometimes you have to win ugly but that's the not if you're not if you're the number consensus number one right like can you reigning heisman trophy winner are you allowed to win ugly against an unranked team at home when you know when you get like you get a sliver of you're allowed to win ugly against notre dame next week yeah you 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 get a sliver of uh excuse because it's you know it's a conference opponent pac-12 has looked very good uh but it's just a it's a small small slither right and that's why they only went down one because if they lose that game they probably go down 12 oh yeah they're yeah they're they're plummeting for sure um but anyway yeah i feel like that's yeah that is one of those teams that like they're they're just aching to drop because of the defense right um but in other pac-12 news so colorado we got to talk about them and Colorado comeback win against a team they never should have been behind, but hey, they you know they went on the road at Arizona State. Uh, really, all I'm going to talk about here is Shador. I don't, I don't think uh, you know I don't care that much, whatever. But I don't think Shador had to do it because it's a game you're supposed to win if you're Colorado. They were actually underdogs, believe it or not. No, they weren't. They were they were minus four, weren't they? Pretty sure we. No, had I'm that. pretty. I'm pretty sure Arizona State was minus three and a half. Let me just check. Unless a lot of money came in on no, I think that was the initial Arizona State, Colorado. I could be wrong. All right. Well, regardless, I think that. Oh no, you're right. Colorado minus yeah, three. Yeah, okay. I think it was okay. minus four okay. when we talked about it last week. Yeah. Um. Anyway, not not heavily favored though. Either way, it, like if you if you consider yourself big time and everything like that, which we know they do. Um, you know, I thought it was kind of a cheesy move. Like this whole like they found they've basically discovered a way to flip everybody off without flipping everybody off. Like like I get what is it? I got time or or yeah. I, then, I got so it, he's pointing to his watch. Yeah, you know, prime time. You know, type of thing. Uh, but he actually like when he when he came out after the game and did it, like he actually had his watch on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and and if it's whatever marketing, I I really don't give a shit. It's fine. Um, but you know, yeah, who does give a shit? Uh, <laughs> Danny Cannell. <laughs> I need to find this. I I need to find for sure. I think it might have been Danny Cannell's last pass as an NFL starter was a pick six taken back by Dion. But if it's if not, like it was, th- th- there's beef and there's been beef for a long time. Apparently, I don't know. And um, so Danny Cannell was. What did he say? He uh, tweeted the the video and said, "If there was a Heisman for beating one in five teams, this guy would win it." <laughs> dude come on man like i mean canel was a good college quarterback you know um i i don't i I just don't understand and this isn't the first time that he's been um you know pretty bitchy to Dion. like there was like there was a thing a couple of weeks ago where danny where canel was like uh yeah well you were you know doing uh doing ads or you know selling nil deals or whatever the hell like he said something like that to Dion, you know while i was at church <laughs> <Who the laughs> f- 
who the fuck? It's a weird like, comparison. Uh, no, I, I I would need to find the exact. But basically, it was like a like I I like God. I love God more than you do. Right. Like Dion, yeah. And and I don't have time for the religion stuff from either of them. I really don't give a shit. But like. It was, but you know, if you are one of those people that, like, you know, is into faith and everything like that, it was just a weird thing to say. I, you know, um, I just want to clarify, I'm not, I don't, I don't hate religious people or anything, you know, but it's not for me. So, so I don't really care from either one of them. Um, but yeah, just like, again, just, you know, the hate, the hate for Colorado. I mean, they're four and two, man. They already, they've already exceeded their expected win total. Probably got they already quadrupled their last season. Yeah, and they total. already quadrupled last season. And like the arrow is obviously pointing up on this program. So, uh, you know, unless, unless Dion leaves in a year or something like that, which I got to say, I wouldn't like that move, you know, if it was just like, he can do whatever he wants. Don't get me wrong. Cause like the, all the people that were, critical of him leaving jackson state and it's like dude he can do whatever he wants like go, go wherever you can make the most money but obviously i like the story of him building up a program from nothing you know what i mean like it, it wasn't going to happen at jackson state where you were going to be a national championship contender i would love to see them well it, churn Colorado well, he was in, in in his division but it's not division one fbs oh well, yeah jackson i mean state. like yeah, national yeah. championship that i care about right right, right. um that's, that's a shitty thing to say too but <laughs> I apologize to all the FCS enthusiasts out there. I, <laughs> disclaimer: I played Division three football, so <laughs> like other divisions matter. I'm sorry. Um, Notre Dame at Louisville. Um, I don't understand what the hell they're doing on that offensive line. Mike, I, I pointed this play out to you not too long ago. Um, Joe Alt. He's considered. I mean, he's he's a top ten pick. It looks like in in this draft, and kind of had a rough game, but. It's hard to say what's going on coaching-wise. He was the only um, – yeah, he was the only um, position on that offensive line that didn't come out of the game because they've tried this mind-blowing strategy where they're going to rotate offensive linemen. And I want to find this uh, – this was a, uh, an article in The Athletic, and I thought this was said really well. Um, yeah, sometimes innovation isn't the best uh, you know, thing to do during a uh, ranked ranked college football game. You know, sometimes you shouldn't reinvent the wheel, but uh, it, it, it didn't work. I mean, Louisville had pressure throughout the night, and, and that's why they beat the Irish. I think, I think they took Louisville lightly is what happened. And so they, they decided they were going to do this thing where they rotate their um, – one guy in it was basically an in-game tryout according to this article from the athletic and and it was like why would you do that against the number 25 team in the country on the road i i don't understand it i i i haven't been a hartman guy i you know i i, I think i like him as a guy as a, as a football player but i don't like i don't think you do anything more than a late round flyer on him you know in this upcoming draft you know yeah. um but that being said and he had high stock after after last year too yeah and that being said i you just you 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 can't do that with the offensive line like the quote from this uh this article in the athletic who i i can't get through the paywall now but that's really annoying because i thought i already had the subscription <laughs> god damn it and i'm not against I, i'm all for paywalls i just thought that i already had my login so i'm just annoyed about the login situation um, so the article in The Athletic, though, talked about Notre Dame's offensive line situation, and, and he says it perfectly. It's the 
it's it's five guys that are supposed to be seeing things through one set of eyes and that's really tough to do when you're rotating bodies in and out like it's 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 really the one position on the field that you just can't do that and it seems counterintuitive to a lot of people probably because it's big guys like you, you know people probably think you want them fresh i'm telling you you it, college level you know high school level any level of football the best thing is for an offensive line to stay together you know for every game of the yeah schedule. i think we i think we've mentioned it teams that kind of shuffle the offensive line in an earlier episode teams that do kind of an offensive line shuffle in the nfl at least those aren't teams that are going to be making deep playoff runs like it's a it's a it's so it's a red flag it's so much yeah it, absolutely it's so much about communication and and yeah i mean that that's really the beautiful way to say it is that like five guys seeing things through one set of eyes you know and so like and that that's and a lot of times that's through the center's eyes sometimes through the quarterback's eyes uh if he's making the calls but and uh not the only problems that they had on the so they were rotating the center in and out they were rotating the two guards in and out and then at right tackle uh that guy is supposed to be a uh, first-round Blake Fisher uh, right tackle for Notre Dame. They, they were basically supposed to have the best tackle tandem in, in college football. And Hasn't Fisher, worked out that way. And Fisher got benched at the end of this uh, this Louisville game. Not sure if that's permanent, but hasn't played well. Um, he was a he was a possible first-round pick himself. Um, and I thought, and I didn't think uh, Alt had the greatest game either. Uh, you know, I saw him on 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 the ground a couple of times. Like, you know, like you kind of wonder about footwork and everything. Um, Mind-boggling stuff with like the the way they slide protection is a, it didn't make any sense. Like Alt's at left tackle, and the and he just let the edge rusher come free. But that was uh, but it's it's hard to say who made that call but that's basically dummy pass protection that you do for like high school kids that don't know anything right and, and um, it blew up a few plays obviously the interception where one receiver ran around yeah it, it caused it caused hartman's first uh interception um you know hartman and i'm just kind of tossing it up on a on a fade and you pointed it out like that it was a one it was a single yeah nobody on the right side of the field ran around it was like, like it, yeah if no one's like it, w- it was like it, that seemed almost like a miscommunication, but they were but they were pass blocking like nobody went downfield. Right. So it was like a, maybe a miscommunication on the route, like maybe he was supposed to run a slant. I don't know. Um, but that one was weird. They gave up a sack on the next series the same way, all blocking, like stepping to his right and letting a, uh, an edge rusher come free. It just it made no sense. Um, so I wonder what the hell's going on with Notre Dame's offensive line between thinking you're going to rotate bodies in and out and. I don't know. It, it it's probably and and another for for that matter, this was a close game all the way. Notre Dame actually, yeah, they led at halftime, correct? I believe it was ten seven at halftime, Irish, yeah. They that with that running game, they they ran the ball fifteen times between Estime and, and Jeremiah Love. I thought it was Love, yeah. So yeah, fifteen fifteen times between Estime and, and Jeremiah Love and only a couple of, and a couple other carries uh for the rest of their stable of running backs. It did. It just didn't make any sense on the road. It was. It was really like they thought this one was in the bag, and they were just looking ahead to USC. And it's like I. I thought. I kind of thought people didn't really do that anymore. It's like no, like every, there are trap games. There yeah. are trap games. Well, Louisville ain't a trap game. Like the, that team could you know could be dark horse to win the ACC. So, um. Anyway, also, um, 
like, like I said, we own our losses, and this was a big was, one. This was a big one for us. Uh, we said, like, yeah, maybe Kentucky's got the blueprint. Like, no. So, <laughs> so in fairness to us, what happened was Georgia actually got out to a lead, which they haven't been doing. I feel like Georgia's a different team when they when they go out to a lead, right? Um, especially against like Kentucky, Kentucky's quarterback isn't that great. So this was the recipe. Even though he is like a projected like third or fourth round pick. Yeah, he's not that great though. Uh, he's kind of like that. That was the avenue for disaster for Kentucky, and it just so happened to to go. So yes, we sound like idiots, <laughs> but I, I, you I can't get them all right. I okay. still hold true if if Kentucky's running back, you know, breaks one out and they get a three and out, and they're up seven nothing, and they get the ball back. I think uh, I think it's going down to the ropes instead of what fifty one to twenty something. Yeah, th- I mean they just they they couldn't get the running game going, and that was so successful against Florida, and that was that was kind of our formula, right? And we were like, okay, maybe they won't be able to stop Bowers, but maybe they won't be able to, uh, you know, maybe Georgia won't be able to stop the running game either. So uh, it didn't pan out that way, and uh, and yeah, Kentucky Kentucky's stock, you know, dropped a little bit, and. Uh, you know, speaking of stock, you know, so we got, you know, so things have kind of changed in the in the Heisman game a little bit, right? So Definitely. is uh, is Bowers now in your Heisman top five? I'll throw him five. Seven, seven, seven catches, 137 yards, yeah, touchdown. Yeah, he's, he's had a, he's had he's strung together two or three really good good weeks in a row. I'm going to throw him in the fifth spot. I'm going to throw him in the fifth spot. Um, I'm still going Penix one. Uh, he had an off week um, or a week off. Uh, Cool, <laughs> you know he's got Oregon next week. That's gonna be that's gonna be a hell of a game, Washington, Oregon. And then with that in mind, I have Bo Nix too. Another. You oh, know, so your so your top two candidates play each other next week. Week off. Uh, Caleb Williams was too. I had to drop him based off of how he played. Uh, needing three overtimes to beat Arizona, uh, and they didn't win because of. Uh, actually, they probably did win because of Caleb Williams, but still wasn't very impressive. Uh, like you said, fourteen to twenty-five. It just, I had to drop him based just based off of that performance. Third, he he can go back up. Third, third, yeah. Let's say third in the Heisman. Uh, you know, Heisman voting isn't too shabby. So I'm like going to go Dylan Gabriel four. I mean, he showed a lot in a rivalry game. Uh, showed a lot of poise. Showed he's a dual threat. Like like I said, those those running lanes, those designed quarterback runs, picked up a big chunk almost every time they went to it. And they didn't go to it too much. It wasn't like they were just running. He showed stuff with his arm as well. And, you know, that's a talk about a tough environment to play. The Cotton Bowl, I mean, half half your fans, like both teams have to go to silent counts because it's it's a true neutral site game. Like it's split down the middle, 50,000 Oklahoma fans, 50,000 Texas fans. And, you know, it's it's a heated rivalry. And so, you know, he showed a lot to get the win. I'm putting him four. I'll put Brock... Brock Bowers five. I'm gonna go five A five B with him and him and Drake May. Drake May had a great game. Uh, a guy that didn't do a lot to begin the to begin the season. Um, he's starting to turn a corner. Another guy that's you know a projected first round pick and you know UNC's UNC. Y- you talk about Louisville. Don't don't sleep on U- UNC in the ACC. They're no, I mean, it, I mean, yeah, it's it's pretty wide open. Florida State, UNC. I'm not going to put Miami in there. So yeah, my, yeah, <laughs> Miami's not, Miami's not in that talk. But um, also, just a fun like, you and I both saw this, and 
I think I think you you took it the way he meant it, but but we both. But I hesitated. Yeah, we can both concede that this was confusing. So this is from uh, Peter Burns of ESPN. He said Brock Bowers is a toddler. You cannot leave him alone in public. You need to have two people around him at all times and never take your eyes off him. <laughs> and it just went completely over my head. I was like, Is Brock Bowers like, a locker room? problem is yeah that, is, you know? is he a, is he a terrible person is he just like double fisting beers you know after the game and is he yeah is he uh blutarski from like that, that that was literally what i was picturing I, I was picturing like every party animal from you know from the movies and uh evidently that is not what peter burns meant and he was he was just getting a little too cute with being creative, and he he's was like, just "Yeah, like he's double covered on the field every play." <laughs> yeah, 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 and, and I get it. You know, like yeah, it's you know, but it, no, I, it's I, boring I, to say it the same way o- over and over. Right? I, I don't know. It's also confusing when you compare a grown man to a toddler. Sometimes, <laughs> I <don't> yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely took it as he's irresponsible, childish. You know, and um, I don't know. His tweet got you know twelve hundred and sixty eight likes. So I guess you know, saying it a different way. And now here we are talking about it. Got him a little more attention. Um, so I was pretty tough on uh, on uh, Mr. Bill Belichick, though, on on social media this week. And uh, I think rightfully so. <laughs> but see, the thing about it, right, and this is what I this is what I, you know, tweeted out and everything put on social is Bill Belichick is the king of get rid of a guy a year too early rather than a year too late. And for some reason when it's clearly over and i don't know if you agree but but you're a pats fan so you don't really get a say because you're because because you're you're biased it is over like bill belichick cannot evaluate talent he cannot develop talent he is a great x's and o's guy and if he was just a fucking linebackers coach he'd probably still be good i don't know but he cannot run the show anymore and here's the thing and I said this too, is Pats fans, you can have both. He can be the best coach in NFL history. And I think that is true because it's not mutually exclusive. Like, it's not – yes, his record without Brady is terrible. Like, it is totally possible, and I think it is true, that Bill Belichick was at his peak for the Tom Brady years. It's really not that hard to get there. It doesn't have to be – Brady was responsible for all the winning. Belichick, like, I think, you, I think, think he, about how hard it is to win six fucking Super Bowls, right? I think people have a tough time uh, grasping the concept that a coach can be at their peak. Um, because it's maybe, not, but it, at seventy-one years old, he's not at his peak. And I also think most people are just dumb, and so they can't grasp complex concepts. Like, hey, maybe like it was a perfect storm of Belichick and Brady coming together. I'm telling you right now, Brady isn't Brady without Belichick. And is Belichick Belichick without Brady? No, but th- th- that's what I'm saying. It was a perfect storm. It is so – to win six Super Bowls in what, 2001 to – In 18 years. That is unbelievable. So, yeah, I think it would require having and, – and, and you're taking everybody's best shot every year because you're the Patriots, you know, during that stretch. I, I'm sorry, man. Yeah, that requires having – a. a a top-notch coach and a top-notch quarterback, and yeah, because Brady goes and wins one Super Bowl. I, like you think, you think Belichick had nothing to do with his development early on in his career. Like without 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 Drew Bledsoe getting hurt, we might never have heard of Tom Brady. He might be out of the league in three years, right? You know, what I mean, like I mean, that's that's extreme, 
Like, sure, would he, could he have caught on somewhere else? Something, But he probably would have caught on as a backup somewhere else, too. Because he was, like, it's not like he w- was wowing anybody in practice. Well, you need it's snaps to, to have the opportunity. Like, nobody's getting signed. Name the last time a backup got signed to really be a starter without game experience, right? I mean, that doesn't necessarily happen. Like, it's... Like it's happened, but like you know, like yeah. people thinking that the guy had like I remember like Matt Flynn played like one game and the Seahawks signed him to at the time what was big money for a quarterback, but um and that yeah there are exceptions. You're I think right. I think that I think Russell Wilson beat him out actually I think is what happened, but um but yeah I mean obviously the Belichick reign of terror is over. <laughs> I mean that's that's quite clear at this point. Um and and you can. <laughs> It's just look as much as it hurts me to say this also, right? I do think that the offensive coach is is the way to go now. The uh, the guy the guy that's the quarterback guru. Like I don't I, I hate saying it, but I don't think defensive coaches are going to find a lot of success because what is defense? Defense is instincts. Defense is just putting like yeah, they're scheming and and I respect defensive coach, but I don't think you have to be able to coach the quarterback position, and Belichick hates quarterbacks, and I and I I just think that like defense is so much more about instincts, athleticism, everything like that. You need somebody that can scheme offense, and I mean Belichick clearly can't do that. And it, and this is what bothers me most about Belichick right now: he can't put together a functional offensive line. He's supposed to be supposed to be an old school guy, right? I don't know what his problem is with that because, like, ever since Dante Scarnecchia, I'm I'm gonna mispronounce Scarnecchia, Scarnecchia, like they haven't had like whenever he's been around, they've had good offensive lines. You know, you could make you could make an argument to me that he is a lot more responsible for the Patriots Super Bowls than than anybody gives him credit for. No, I think he I think he is a very uh, undervalued part of those teams for sure. I mean, he went into retirement and they were so bad. And Brady was getting beat up that they brought him back, and then they won another one. Right. So, um, but yeah, just looking at all the like, what are the things? What are Belichick's strengths? Right. Like the little things, special teams, and then you know, as far as big things, offensive line, defensive line. Like, dude, they couldn't even. The Saints' run game is boring as fuck. It, like it was all straight, straight. It was just zone all day. Like there's no and there's no creativity to it. There's no motion. There's nothing going on there. It was a very boring running game to watch, honestly. And yeah, no Judon, sure. He still like he paid he paid Devon Godchow nine million dollars. Yeah, if if you haven't heard of him, I barely have either. I the reason I've heard of him is because he paid him nine million dollars two years two years eighteen or something like that for a guy that got blown out of Miami because he wasn't good enough. And this is and so he puts an emphasis on stopping the run, probably too much of an emphasis in today's NFL, right? And they couldn't even stop the run. They can't do anything right now. They so, are bad in every phase of the game right now. So, yeah, you, you kind of mentioned Judon. I mean, it's not just, yeah, no, Judon, okay. I mean, Judon's an all-pro guy. And, and I know, it, but they couldn't do anything on the interior. Like that, no, that, I know. That, and they also lost their first-round corner. So I'm, I'm saying that, and they sound like excuses, right? I went into this game against the Saints, and I'm like, all right, this – with those injuries, like it, it's going to be close. I think it's kind of like, and I think Vegas had it essentially like a pickup, right? Uh, and that's how I figured the game would go. You can't lose thirty-four nothing to this Saints team. No. Like that's just especially an embarrassment. No, and you can't lose 
34 nothing a week after losing 38 to 3 like you need you need to bounce back you need to show some fight there's no fight like and he's he's lost the room and so i'm sorry but like there's no i don't care about the like what what you want to win six games a year for the next five six years so he can get the so he can break shula's record i'm not going i'm not one that have said like i i don't know i think the narrative's just out there that the record's within reach and i i don't think that's necessarily what people in new england are are going for but i think we're just at a point that okay but is it bob, before okay but is it bob Kraft just doesn't want to be the guy that fired bill belichick and it's like yeah because like you, you got to get over it yeah because you, you you started this this whole segment with the fact that bill belichick's the guy to get rid of a guy to a, a year too early versus a year too late right bill belichick's not going to get rid of himself yeah it's and and so like, hey, Bob, it's it's time. Hey, Bob. <laughs> but maybe, I mean, Jesus, like, he's old. It's time, for, probably him, time for him to step down too. But like, as the owner, <laughs> yeah. Well, Do you owner well, step down? Well, he can, yeah, to his son, he can, he can yeah, pass it on to his son. I mean, and just enjoy being old with your, you know, thirty-five-year-old wife or whatever she is. I don't know, but yeah, like, I don't know. I feel like the decision making is impaired. At, you know at the highest levels of the Patriots organization right now. Um, so from the very old to the very young, uh, we were interested in this game, and uh, I was only able to watch it uh, in a YouTube recap because um, we are not an LLC yet. We're working on that, and then I will pay for, uh, you know, NFL Red Zone or whatever, and then I can watch every game. Sunday ticket, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, and, yeah, I am that cheap. Like, uh, like this is going to be a tax write-off, okay? So – so I need to, I need need my ducks in a row first, all right? But yeah, that'll that's coming soon. Um, so anyway, the Falcons and the Texans game though, I don't, I don't know where the hell this came from with with uh, Desmond Ritter, but 387 yards. I mean, we 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 says like, how the hell are Kyle Pitts and and Drake London not getting the ball? And they got the ball. They got involved. Um, they were both just under 100 yards, I think. London had a huge catch on their game-winning field goal drive. He had a nifty – I'm still not sure if he's left-handed or right-handed, but he had a nifty left-handed throw on a on a double uh, reverse pass uh, early in the game as well. Like, they were involved in the in the game plan, and look where it got him. They got a, you know, walk-off win against against the Texans. And, uh, and yeah, and Stroud still didn't play bad. I, I think they uh, – you know, I think this is a thing with young quarterbacks especially, but he still didn't turn the ball over. But, yeah, you got to be better in the red zone. I could have um, sworn an interception was coming this week after all, the narrative all all <laughs> right. week is he hasn't thrown an interception. And I'll, he, I'll probably bet one. I'll probably bet this next week that he's right. Throw yeah, an probably. Yeah, probably take a look at who they're playing. But maybe it doesn't matter. But yeah, he does have the record now for uh, to to start a rookie year Good most most consecutive without an interception. And it's not like he's been checked down Charlie. So, um, so yeah, Texans lose, but you know. Uh, hard fought game. They, but yeah, you start you start the game off kicking in, kicking four field goals. You know, like you gotta you gotta put one in the end zone, and and he did eventually. And it could have what what could have been the game winning drive, and it was actually the defense. You know, gave up too much. So, um, I don't know, just a good game. Like again, it was you a know, good game between you know the two young quarterbacks. You got Ritter, you got Stroud. Obviously, B. John Robinson. He had a fumble, big fumble uh, in that game. But two teams on the rise for yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely, I think. definitely one you look at like on the ESPN like app or whatever you're like oh, i don't have to watch that game like before it comes up but no it was a fun game to watch all right um not uh, and then on the other side of it not really the most fun game to watch 
Jets and Broncos again. We 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 had this circled on our calendar for very different reasons. Um, but yeah, Nathaniel Hackett revenge game, I guess. He got the game ball. He got the game ball, and um, you know I thought that was kind of a cool moment. Again, I want to root for the Jets. I want to root for Zach Wilson, but you know, I'm good on that. He, you know, he made the play when he had to, and and maybe it's a little different, you know, in a because the Broncos' defense is not good, and, and especially run defense. I mean, uh, Brees Hall. I mean, they they I said just keep feeding him. Uh, but that 72-yard run, Kareem Jackson, such a you know such a tough guy with his dirty hits over the middle, but he, you know he can't tackle Brees Hall in the open field. Didn't he like took a horrible angle? Didn't even really try. Like it, it seemed yeah. like like he could have dove at his at his feet and slowed him down a little bit. Didn't try, you know, like and then you know Brees Hall's off to the races. Um, but the really interesting thing about this, and we've kind of already touched on it a little bit, is. You know, again, I, I, we we don't like to overblow these these sideline frustrations and everything like that. But obviously, Wilson's fumble to lose the game, you know, gets is the scoop and score to put the game on ice at the end there, and uh, and Peyton yelling at Wilson on the sideline, like like again, you know, ju- if it was just that, but it's not. I mean, it's the comments Peyton's made in the past, and it just seems like two personalities that aren't going to mesh, and it's a really interesting situation. Because Sean Payton, after this year, still he's still due four years, seventy-two million, and Russell Wilson, they have a potential out after the twenty twenty-five season, but he would still represent eighty-five million in dead cap. So, yeah, if they, they're kind of stuck. It's like if you want to if you want to make a choice, like what are you going to do? Are you going to bring in like a top-level mediator? You're going to bring in Doctor Phil to make this right? Is that what we're going to do here? Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, these kind of decisions, whether we like to admit it or not, they come down to money, and the ownership isn't going to want to eat that kind of money on either one of these guys. So, I don't know, man. I think <laughs> I think that they're going to have to try and make nice. Wilson Wilson didn't really play that well in this game, but it's against the Jets' defense, so maybe give a. But you know, if you're Russell Wilson, the Russell Wilson that we used to know. He did have a few nice runs, showed more athleticism than I thought he still had. Yeah, the announcer said early in the game, like he's he'd run it like twelve times up to that point throughout the season. Nine were either first downs or or touchdowns. So I mean, like efficient when he's going to the run, which you know he's getting a little older and he's not doing as much now. He's not relying on his legs, but um, you're right. He's he's picking his spots and he he's uh, being effective in those in those opportunities. But. Um, so I just don't – I don't think he's horrible. I mean, I don't know. He still might be bottom 10 yeah, like yeah, we were talking about in those, in those power. With all that said, arm, not that good, you know? <laughs> yeah, and, and anticipation, again, he's got a great deep ball. He does have a great deep ball. Yeah. But it is um, – but just anticipation and um, feel of pressure lately. And, and, I mean, like, yeah, fumbling it away in that situation when they had a chance to go down for the tying field goal. Um, but it's just – what a mess when it, when you think of everything they gave up for Wilson, then everything they gave up for Peyton to make to make, you know, they just keep digging deeper. Basically, you know, they they, they traded. I, I didn't realize this. They traded the first first round pick this year to the Saints, so it ended up being the 29th overall because it was through like two other teams. That pick got around. Um, I think it was the 49ers pick, and and then they traded their second rounder in in this year's draft to get Peyton and a third rounder in this year's upcoming draft. 
and yeah, it's a lot for a coach and to pay him that kind of money all to hopefully quote unquote fix Russell Wilson hasn't happened yet ain't fixed right now I mean not, not at 0 and 5 I don't know you talk you talk about you know bad management like the like we, we were kind of picking on the Panthers before yeah you traded away DJ Moore you traded away McCaffrey you know you traded up to the first overall pick you gave up a boatload to trade like that's pretty bad but Broncos kind of rival that right now. Uh, so anyway, it's about time for us to wrap up the show because we are pushing two hours. I guess we had a lot to talk about, didn't we? Um, yeah, it's going to be a record. And we didn't even we didn't even talk about uh, NBA. We conspicuously <laughs> ignored baseball this week because um, <clears throat> my my little brother had a another commitment. I guess couldn't make it tonight. And that's all right. But we always we always enjoy having the guys on though. Might have For a guest sure. on Thursday actually. But anyway, uh, as we always do when we wrap up the show uh, with some histories and ho- history and holidays. Every day is an important day in history, and every day is a holiday. We uh, uh, today was a holiday actually for the first time. Uh, what since yeah, our since our like really I like started a, to do this? I guess a federal holiday for the first time since we since we started to do this, and uh, we'll talk about that in a second. Actually, that's a tease. So keep listening. Um, this guy's a pro. Yeah, yeah totally. Um, but, yeah, so tomorrow, uh, or excuse me, yeah, now today. We're past midnight, guys, if you, if you weren't aware. Uh, but, yeah, so today is National Face Your Fears Day. You have any, you have any phobias, Mike? Uh, funny enough, uh, really afraid of fire. My dad's a firefighter, and so is my brother. Hmm. So did they... Like, did they fuck with you? Did that, was <laughs> no, it like, like, there wasn't, like, any arson going on in the Mawson household. No. But, um, I told you about when my sister lit me on fire as a kid. Yeah, that's, that's not good. Yeah. Uh, also, also heights. Not not heights necessarily, like, it's it's weird. Like, heights for me, this is so, like, I'm not millennial, but, like, millennial thing to say, like, dropping my phone or something. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I get so nervous <laughs> about, like, that. I know it's so <laughs> dumb. Okay, no, I think... I, my no, no, no. I, I can, I can work with that because I think everybody's afraid of breaking their phone. <laughs> so, but that's like fair. my knees do get wobbly. You know, if I'm like, like I went to Costa Rica earlier, Costa Rica earlier in the year, and we went on like a land bridge, like to go down on a like to see a waterfall, and it was like high up in the air, and you know, it, it like swayed. You know, just at that. You know, my friends were fucking with me and and shaking it. I was like, ah, oh, that was that was a little scary. That would get to, so heights is mine too, honestly, and. I would love, like, I want to go skydiving. And I don't know, like, I guess it's, like, partially because of that. Like, you know, like, face your fears, right? It's face your fears day, right? So I, I want to go skydiving, but it's also because it's not really up to me whether I die or not. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if I'm up 40 feet up on a ladder, that's when I'm freaked out. So I think the, I think the bridge would, would mess with me, too. But um, Skydiving would be cool. I don't know if I would have, have the balls to, to get out of that plane, though. I know. I, I, nah. I can do it. I know I could do it. Like zip lining didn't bother me because again, it's like whatever. If the zip line fucking breaks, it's over. Yeah, but it, like it's not up to me. <laughs> but if it's up to my dumb ass when I'm up, like yeah, like you know, cliff jumping or something. Like yeah, that shit's scary. You yeah, know? I hear you. So anyway, um, so I gotta gotta give a shout out. Prayers up for Casey Rich. She has put up with me for now 15 years. It's official today. Um, Congratulations. Four, yeah, for, you know, it'll be 14 years of marriage in December. But yeah, today is my meet anniversary. It's the day I met Casey. So yesterday was Casey's last last day as a single woman, and uh, 
you know, I'm going to post the whole story online because it's a, it's an article I wrote for Sandbox. But, again, thank you, Dice Game Matsuzaka, because she wasn't going to give me your number if they didn't win the game. And they did. Uh, it was a playoff game against the Rays. And then um, and then I was, like, an hour late for our date the next day. And um, that's what you call that's what you call a tease. I'm going to I'm going to post the article online. I wonder how many relationships Dice K has started. Um, you, you what might. if it could could be the only wow. right? I mean, I mean, and like, you know, where the hell is Dice K? I mean, you know, he could be like, you know, a matchmaker over in Japan, though, right? Like, <laughs> just fixing be. friends up left and right. Who knows, man? Um, here's just a funny one. So you know, I mean, Mike, you know the song "Here I Go Again," White Snake, right? Here I go again. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, yeah. come on, man, it's like the number one breakup song ever. Like, yeah. you know, so uh, old school, right? Yeah. Is, uh, yeah, like you've seen that movie. Yeah. So, all right. So, interestingly enough, so the, 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 this is when it actually topped the charts was in October 10, uh, October 10, 1987, I should say. But in 1982 was actually when they originally released the song, and I, I guess they doctored it up a little bit or something. So they actually came out with that song five years before. So huh. classic. If you you know, if at first you don't succeed, story, right? Um. Yeah, whatever happened to us doing the, uh, you know, w- what was the top song in the year of our birth? I don't think we've done it since we've we've started pushing these podcasts out. No, no. So it's people in some are the, unaware. Uh, um, but so, so Mike, I, so I looked these up. So in the year of my birth, it was uh, When I Think of You, Janet Jackson. Great song. So Okay. And then uh, uh, in This Week in 1997, it was Candle in the Wind, Elton John. I so, win. Better song. So <laughs> Love Elton I mean, John. Yeah, I you know what I think I gotta go. I gotta go with Candle in the Wind as well. Especially I saw, it, saw it live at Gillette last summer. Oh. You saw Elton John live? live yeah, at, oh, really? his farewell tour. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, there you go. Um, all right, moving on to October 11th. Uh, tomorrow is National Stop Bullying Day, and so I'm gonna be an asshole with this one. And Uh-oh. I'm not, I, no, I and I'm not gonna condone bullying. Obviously, bullying is shitty, and Yes, we should stop it as much as much as we can. But here's the thing: you can't stop bullying because there's shitty people. See that what the fuck is going on in Israel and Palestine and all that right now? Like there's shitty people. Shitty people are always going to be a part of the world. So we should do what we can to stop bullying, but we should also, yeah, speak softly but carry a big stick, so to speak. And we should teach kids to deal with bullying as well. Yeah. So kind of along that same route. When I was in like middle school, it was like huge uh, stop cyberbullying, and I never understood that. It's just like, like they're the memes, right? But they're they they hold some weight. Just close your laptop. <laughs> like, like don't get me wrong. Again, I'm like not there, there are some circumstances where it can be, but if it's just somebody talking shit or something, just. <laughs> well, yeah, man, but you just—I mean, you just said it five minutes ago. Like you're terrified to drop your phone and break it. Like yeah. ki- kids can't put down their fucking phone, so. That's true. I mean, you're right. Simple solution. Close your laptop. You know, like, turn off your phone, right? Like, it sounds like a simple solution, but it's not. And, again, this is not in any way, you know, an endorsement of bullying. If you're a bully, you're an asshole at any any level of it. Because, really, it all comes down to, like, you know, bullying in high school. But, really, that's all it is. Like, you know, sexual assault and domestic violence. and That's all that shit is. It's, like, at its core level, it's bullying. That's all it is, right? So, like... You're a fucking asshole if you're a bully. What I'm saying, though, is, like, especially schoolyard bullying and stuff like that. Like, okay, like, let's equip people to deal with it. And I don't mean with violence. That's, I mean, okay, I think that's an option, too. But, like, 
again, if you didn't swing first, yeah, it'll fucking yeah. swing. I, I, I just wish, I, I guess, like, where this comes down to is, like, there was, like, I was being bullied as a middle school kid, and I don't know. I've always been frustrated that I was never told, like, like okay, fucking take a swing then. You know what I mean? Because I was literally, I literally fear, feared for my life at one point in Florida, and, like, this kid wasn't going to fucking do anything, but, uh, like, that's how scared I was. Yeah. Because I was just a weird kid in Florida, you know? Like, I was, like, a Star Wars nerd and stuff, and... I don't know. Like, I would have hung out with you if you were watching Star Wars. Yeah, uh, you probably wouldn't hang out with me. Was, well, you I know what? Like, Star Wars was probably a little more accepted, you know, when you were twelve than when I was twelve. Also, so maybe it, yeah. it was very accepted when I was twelve. Yeah. See, you no, know, like episode Harry one, Potter, and yeah, episode one, like the Phantom Menace that came out when I was in seventh or eighth grade, and I was like stoked. You know what I mean? So. Oh yeah. Anyway, oh, it's sad. We could have been friends, I guess. I don't know. Florida was right. I didn't even play football down there. If you could, like, you know what I mean? Like, I, like I should have. Yeah, if you did, you would have been in the NFL. Then I would have been in the NFL, like yeah. I said, exactly. Urban Meyer would have found you. Oh, Jesus Christ. No, see, then I would have quit. Then you would have been bullied. Uh, <laughs> and the, or I would have fought him, one or the other, right? Um, 1975, Saturday Night Live debuted on October 11th. Uh, Dude, do, do, do you even watch, or did you ever watch Saturday Night Live, I guess I should say? Not, like, religiously. Not, oh, my God, it's Saturday night. I need to... I need to turn on the TV. It was never a destination. But no, mm-hmm. I mean the the skits and, and things definitely uh, more more so through social media. But I, I'll watch it every now and then if it's a Saturday night. I'm in the house and I don't have anything better to do. I mean, it's just really not very good anymore, which is a bummer. No, like, yeah, I, I haven't watched it in a couple of years. Like but its heyday is you know well, I mean di- people will tell you different things, but you know like for my for my money, it's you know Adam Sandler, Chris Farley, oh, David yeah, Spade, yeah. like the like that's the. That's the golden era of Saturday Night Live. One of my favorite skits is, uh, you're probably not even going to remember this, uh, the back of your head is ridiculous. Can I have your number? Can I have his, uh, <laughs> some? I, f- I forget who the actor is, but he's uh, at a movie theater and he's hitting, on a gr- he's, he's hitting on a woman in a movie theater. And she's like, yeah, no, no thanks. She's like, what's your name? What's your number? It's, oh, you got to look it up. <laughs> it's hilarious. Okay, so that's your favorite. I think it's got to be one with Chris Farley. And I'm thinking like when they're all like, uh, it's like him, Sandler, and David Spade all dressed up as women, and it's just, and and uh, Chris Farley's just like like give me that, I'm starving. Is it like and he's like joking at him, Sandler? So, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking. I about. mean, that's probably not my favorite. Like Will Ferrell, Will Ferrell's really good. Jimmy Fallon sucked. He laughed. He ruined all of them. You can't help but laugh with him. But like, but like, come on, man. <laughs> um. I feel like I had another thought on Saturday Night Live. You know, oh yeah, the compilations, which kind of like, just like with a musical artist, it's almost like okay, that's when they're washed. You know what I mean? Right. So the Saturday Night Live compilations are like are still good. So we'll we'll turn those on every once in a while. But let's see. Um, and then Wednesday is National Vermont Day. I can't for the life of me find why because it's not when the state was born. It's just the day they decided. <laughs> they're like, all right, time to. Celebrate the Green Mountain State. And uh, so, yeah. Also, um, oh, yeah, let me pull this up. So Wednesday is uh, National Free Thought Day, which is, you know, not to be, you know, not to be underrated free thought. You know, like, and, and you know, I, I guess as, you know, members of the press, this is very important to me, you know. Um, but National Free Thought Day actually has an interesting origin. Um, it came so um, – on this day in 1692, William Phipps, then governor of colonial Massachusetts, wrote a letter to the British monarchs expressing concern 
about how the Salem witch trials were heard and prosecuted according to spectral evidence, basically, basically bullshit evidence, <laughs> like, yeah. like, like ghosts and shit, like, or, you know, um, supernatural or whatever. So um, for 1692, pretty ballsy thing to do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we still have witch trials of, of a type <laughs> these days, but not, no, not those kind where we, you know, see if you float and, you know, to determine whether you're a witch or not. Man, flawed logic on that one, too. So it was, it was, if you float, you're a witch. If you sink, you're not. So either way, we're going to kill you. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? However, there was a woman who didn't float in Vermont's only known witch trial, and they just dedicated this town in Pownall, actually. Um, but she actually survived. Like, she didn't float, and then they, but they went down and got her and apparently saved her. I don't know. 1600s is obviously tough, right? Like, to know, to know for sure. But from what I gather, she survived, and... She was the uh, the only woman tried as a witch in Vermont. Huh. So, yeah. Um, and speaking of back when people are really stupid, fourteen ninety two uh, Wednesday is actually the, the actual day that dipshit Christopher Columbus reached the New World. And uh, I mean, I, I think we already established our position uh, on Thursday, but fuck him. Um, yeah, not a Christopher Columbus podcast. Yeah, and I mean, I wonder if there is one. Yeah, there probably is. <laughs> yeah. There's so many podcasts. Out I there. mean, I guess you could make an argument like it was ballsy to be like, like I'm going to prove the world is round, right? which a lot of people already actually thought, by the way, at the time. But this dumbass thought he was in China, thought he was in, you know, India, whatever. <laughs> I mean, and obviously just fuck him for making everybody a slave. And, the, you know, that's that's the real reason. Yeah, but not, it, not a great move. Because, I mean, like, if the world is still here, you know, my money's on no. But if the world's here in 500 years... Um, you know, they're going to say we were pretty fucking dumb, you know, like they're going to be like, like what? They thought vitamin C prevented colds. Oh my God. Like idiots. Right. So they did podcasts. Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah exactly. So they did with their free time. Wow. They uh, listen to those things. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like the podcast will be like the printing press. Like what, the, what are they going to have? Like, I don't even it's gonna be like telepathy. Museum, yeah. And, uh, yeah. So. Uh, so anyway, but yeah, this is the actual day that it all, you know, that a guy discovered a place that a bunch of people already lived. <laughs> so, so, uh, one more fuck you to Christopher Columbus, official sellout sports, fuck you. And, um, so that is our show. And so we're, <laughs> we're just going to hit that intro music as the outro music is why not? But. Thank you to all of our people that we thank. Typically, everybody that listens, everybody that is listening right now. Thank you to Cat TV for giving us this equipment. Um, thank you to you know mom and dad and everybody that's influenced us along the way. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Mike, fade out the music. It's only gonna get better. See you guys. <laughs>